At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome back to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Eric, hey, I'm Mark. How's it going? Great. It's a little early today um, for me, but... You gonna make it? No. <laughs> I'm, I might pass out. Okay. We what? are approaching lunchtime. So. I know. Normally, that's my wake-up time. <laughs> uh, joining us for today's episode is James. Hello. Thank you, James. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Oh, it is my pleasure. No, no, no. The pleasure is... Don't Mine. say you're, oh, I was worried. <laughs> I don't like it when you get pleasure. <laughs> it's never good. And yeah, there's so you the guys, touches. You guys Perfect. managed to give me more than uh, 15 minutes notice this time, so yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barely. We don't, we, we don't want to give you too much notice. <laughs> Keep me yeah. on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but today's episode is Necron Assets and Outcasts. Yeah, it's a very cool episode. We're talking about, well... You should just listen to the episode. Yeah. Stay stay tuned, as they say. Asses yeah. and tits, yep. Asses and tits, yeah. <laughs> Necron assets. Yep. <laughs> Them Necrons got some pretty big assets, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Ah. Um, before we actually get into the meat of the episode itself, there's a couple <laughs> things we're going to highlight uh, uh, happening in our community. Yeah. Mainly on our, our Discord, so obviously you can hang out with us on Instagram and Facebook. You can get a hold of us through email as well. Uh, we're even on Twitter, but the truly the best way to chat with us and hang out is going to be on our Discord. Oh, yes. And if you're looking for ways to join us and things to do on our Discord, well, one of them is our Necromunity. Yeah, we got a guy running uh, an event called Necromunity where basically he's building a whole kind of world, a whole setting where, you know, the whole goal is to build a world. And yeah. all of its lore, flesh out its history, flesh out, you know, the hive cities, who occupies the hive cities, all that kind of stuff. And what's really neat about it is it's all community based. So, like, uh, you know, they're like, this week we're going to work on this region. So then people just start compiling their information on that region. It's quite cool. It's quite interactive and a lot of fun. Yeah. It's nice to just throw out your idea and then have it join the list of yeah. all ideas. And then it's that like might somebody exist. else's problem. Like, you just got to exactly. unload your ideas and then you can. Yeah. You can just again. creatively splurge all <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, splurge, I think, technically. However you want to share your <laughs> creative information, you can do that on this thing. If you yeah. want to write a song, if you want to draw a <laughs> yeah, picture, yeah. Yeah. Anything. You could write the national anthem to that. Yeah, honestly. Boom, yeah. done. You going to do that, James? It's gonna it's gonna be like two lines repeated seventy five times, and it's gonna be something about loving the emperor. Oh, glorious <laughs> emperor! And you just say that thirty times, <laughs> national anthem, and then you Done. whip yourself for yes. twenty minutes. That's <laughs> part of community. That's part of it. 
Uh, yeah, but it's that's one way you can get involved. Another way is we run monthly contests on our Discord. Yeah. Sometimes painting, sometimes short story, sometimes conversion work or kit bashing or whatever. But uh, yeah, we change them every month and they're open to all of our patrons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go check out a Patreon, I guess. Get, mm-hmm. that, get that nice green tag on our Discord so you can flaunt it over the other. Uh, <laughs> we, we also do uh, community events and hangouts, so we like to schedule you know three or four events every week. So you can go check out uh, our events page, check out times, and try to make it and join us. Um, you know, we play video games. We watch movies. We watched this weird anime racing movie the other day. Weebs. Um <laughs> <laughs> Don't pretend you're not one of them. We, I know you both are one of them. Eric is one of them. The last Ara, anime Ara. I watched was uh, Airbender. Last Airbender. And, and it, that's, it was amazing. It's really only like three quarters of an anime. Oh. Because it's like Western. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, nice. So I'm, yeah. I'm like a, an Eeb then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. At, at most. <laughs> at most. You know, okay. You're safe. Okay, good. You're safe from the good. the infection. <laughs> That is anime. Uh, but yeah, go check out a Discord. Lots of cool things are happening on there. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get into the episode. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the Necron ass. That's ass. And outcast. <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk about courts and their assets. They So Necron dynasties are run by lords with absolute power. Most of the Necron population lives under the umbrella of the dynasties, uh, though there are several other, though much smaller, factions that coexist. Yeah, for sure. These range from Deathmarks to Flayed Ones and Triarch Praetorians. These outside factions still believe in the supremacy of the Necron race and are commonly called or paid to fight alongside the dynasties as they claim back their galactic prize. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, some of them definitely don't get paid, but we'll get into that No, later. yeah, and but, we even uh, wonder, like, what is paid in Necron, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. But um, however they go about it, there are different, uh, different uh, cults even that just kind of will tag on with uh different dynasties and stuff and for mutual benefits so. mm-hmm. um yeah so we, we were t- we've talked a bunch about like uh, what's actually in like a court and like dynastic legions we've talked about like cryptics and stuff we've talked about basically everything that makes up the the dynasty except these kind of last four kind of categories uh but let's jump in with praetorians they're they're super cool so triarch praetorians once served the triarch Three members, one body, that ruled and oversaw the Necronter race. The Praetorians ensured that the rulings and proclamations of the Triarch were adhered to by the warring factions within the Necronter. This included the Necronter codes of their political, cultural, and military theaters. A Praetorian spoke with the will and authority of the Triarch, and were capable of declaring grievous and binding rules against those foolish enough to ignore or disobey the codes. They also served as bodyguards and protectors of the Triarch, ensuring that no single dynasty could uh, use their seat on the Triarch to inappropriately gain power. Yeah, something interesting about the tri- the ancient Triarch, uh, you know, 60 million years ago, yeah. um, was that it could pass, like when a member of the Triarch died, it could pass to a completely different dynasty. Yeah. Um, and there's always the danger, you know, when someone enters power that 
they refuse then to relinquish their seat. Yeah. So the Necrontur to get around this, they said, okay, you can, you know, be a member of the Triarch, but when you are, um, you don't control, like you're not running your own dynasty now. Yeah. Now you're you're a member of the ruling force. You kind of step down from your place yeah. as head of your own dynasty and you serve effectively the Necrontur people. And the Praetorians are just there to make sure that, you know, no abuse of power happens, but also to protect the the members of the Triarch. Yeah, and to protect the members of the Necrontur race as a whole, make mm-hmm. sure no one's doing anything that's going to affect everybody. Yeah, absolutely. They were already a dying race, yeah. you know, on, on the edge of annihilation for how long, right? So yeah. it was important that, like, they, the Necrontur did their best to preserve something of themselves. And the Praetorians were a really nice way around that. Sure. When the biotransference robbed the Necronter of their organic forms and the Triarch Council was disbanded and otherwise destroyed, the Praetorians became the de facto herald of the Silent King, the last member of the Triarch. As the Great Sleep began, the tomb worlds all across the galaxy prepared to slumber for millions of years. The Praetorians instead assembled there for their new duty, they would stay awake as punishment for their race's failure in the War of Heaven, ensuring that their culture would not disappear while they slept. Yeah, that's a that's their goal. They want to make sure that the Necron race carries on. Like it, it came so close to the brink of just like losing everything that they had with the biotransference, essentially. That yeah, these guys are like, no, we're gonna make sure that our way of life, our values, our you know, ethics carry on. Yeah, and well, <clears throat> a question then. If they were, because we know that there's some of those like rogue AIs that they had that kind of just went a little crazy over that time. The master programs? Yeah, the master yeah. programs. Does that mean that like these guys are, these guys are just completely sane after 60 million years of just hanging out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like the, if the master program fails, I think that's more of a malfunction. I don't think that's like a natural progression for them. They seem mm. to have overcome the problem that we have just that just things degrade like things do degrade but i think the fact that most come back healthy is just a sign that if it does degrade it means something went wrong sure yeah something went wrong but yeah 60 million years is a long time most praetorians just nothing went wrong in 60 million years yeah of course Holy (laughs) i i think that was that would be like your normal thing though the expectation yeah, yeah, yeah. is that nothing goes wrong yeah and there there of course would be exceptions where there have been ones that fall in and stuff yeah but. like some eventually go crazy or they get some kind of infection and they just can't cure it with or, whatever. or even fall to the destroyer cults or the flayed ones there's there's a couple different options like that too that could happen. yeah yeah so uh, mm-hmm. bad things can happen for sure but for the most part you know they're I think they're really succeeding or did a good, like a decent job in their duty for the past six million years. They've sure won 60, you over. 60 million. Yeah. Uh, so some traveled with the Silent King out of our known galaxy, continuing uh, their duty as his protector. Others protected the large monuments and trophies of the Necron race from upstart Xenos. Others would travel to the young races, declaring the Necron as gods and paving the way for the worship by these lesser creatures. Another well-known duty was guiding the awakened uh, tomb worlds out of their sleep, updating them on the state of the courts and their duties and obligations toward the Triarch and the Silent King. Um, yeah, like they have a bunch of different duties. My personal favorite is that they go to the young races and that they talk to them and seed them like with Necron culture and um, 
really make them worship them. But I just picture like this Necron god coming down and like, you know, they're so well beyond anything that any of these lesser races can like comprehend. And they're like, yeah, check out this magic that we have. And like, you know, if you follow us, we can provide you uh defense against this alien that might be attacking you or, you know, just Pedro what- offers his protection. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just really love that. Yeah. They just go to these, uh these lesser races and really try to spread the, the way of life of the Necron. I, I think that, like, I think a part of that is just their most important duty, I think, which is the preservation of the Necron sure. culture. And I think a way they do that is by sharing it with these other races. Yeah. And as long as these lesser upstart Xenos races, you know, understand their place <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. in Necron society, <laughs> which is at the bottom, ah. <laughs> <laughs> then they're more than happy to welcome them into the dynasty yeah yeah so i could show i could sign up i could be like i want to be a part of that yeah it's almost i I encourage you to do it actually sounds good it's rewarding it's a fulfilling career (laughs) uh are there any downsides yeah eternal servitude but sure but but, everybody offers that yeah yeah. (laughs) look you're either you're either working for the emperor or you're working for some aliens Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. pick who you want to work for Ah, tough choice it's (laughs) not the i i love the image of um like a maybe even non-spacefaring primitive race imagine even our own technological level Hmm. and we have you know monuments and hieroglyphs and ancient things that we don't understand and then some metal being comes out of the sky that we cannot kill and can't damage <laughs> yeah. and it can perform these feats of science that are impossible to us yeah and then it declares that like oh no these are mine you know pure these <laughs> oh. all these ancient things that you were curious about like we did this you've been watching too much ancient aliens eric well ancient astronaut theorists <laughs> believe that it is possible that the egyptian pyramids were in fact built by the necrons <laughs> that's right yeah I've heard that before. I've seen that episode. Aliens. <laughs> but no, I I imagine that's kind of what it's yeah. like for a lot of the, the Praetorians that would actually go to other planets. Yeah. They say, look at these things you have across your planet. Like, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to speculate anymore. You know? there's, <laughs> there's no more ancient astronaut theorists. There's just me. Yeah. You know? And I, I like that idea that um they l- would appear as gods to these people yeah and i think that, even. yeah exactly yeah. like they're setting themselves up like we are immortal and we do deserve to be worshipped yeah and you better be careful because <laughs> we will wake up right and we're gonna claim back what's ours anyway yeah so yeah i i like that aspect of it they're very like transient these praetorians constantly traveling and just yeah. trying to like get the lay of the land yeah the yeah galaxy. <laughs> And they they have to be pretty like smart too and with it because I'd imagine too like they they go they get to learn the race that they're trying to subjugate or whatever to some degree maybe not adopt some of their practices but maybe incorporate to some degree I like I think I would more see them pull similarities out of their things so, yeah, and yeah. be like hey look you do this which is close to what we do so yeah, you yeah. should like go more into yeah that. yeah yeah like. I, I don't always see it like they're coming down with an army and it's like, listen here, like you guys are now ours. Like <laughs> I like to think it is kind of more like, especially with the Praetorians, like this subtle kind of like, you know, we, yeah, maybe a thousand years ago they built the monuments and then they come back to like be like, yeah, that was us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely not just showing up 
killing half the population. Maybe it is. Killing half the population and then, you know. Yeah, I could see either or. Now you're part of the Necron Dynasties. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Perfectly balanced. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the population is too high. <laughs> Snaps his fingers and void, void blades the planet. <laughs> just a big sword. Yeah. Oh. Just cuts the, the planet in half. Mm. Look, look at the layers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Praetorians, as they exist today, inhabit large, ornate Necron bodies with tails. Their heads have a large orb placed in the forehead that glows with energy, although the purpose of this is unknown as their heads still have eyes. Another easily identifiable item is their gravity displacement packs, which are mounted on their back but resemble a rib-like structure with three energy outputs near their lower back. Yeah, this actually yeah gives them the ability to fly or uh, hover. Yeah, and the crazy thing is there's no description that I could find of how these packs actually work. Yeah, like, like, do they fly around like Superman? Is it more like Space Marines where it's a jump pack where it's like a thrust and it launches yeah, exactly. you? Like, can, they, uh, can they hover and float? Yeah. Is it like they're walking on air or whatever? So, yeah. I, I, I've been looking through their models and stuff, looking for conversions of them flying, and I, I still haven't found anything. Yeah, but, um, yeah there's, there's a picture of kind of like that rib-like jump pack thing. Yeah, it extends over the back. It's pretty neat. It's yeah. pretty unique. The crazy thing is that they have tails. <laughs> yeah, why? I don't know. Yeah, so the question then remains, did they have tails in real life when they were flesh and bone? I, we can only assume that if one Necron model had tails, they all must. I don't know, though. Like, maybe maybe they like surgically sewed a tail on to show <laughs> that they were Praetorians. Yeah, or maybe everyone else had <laughs> like to a, cut their tails off. It's like a reverse circumcision. <laughs> of course. <laughs> sure, culture, like, very cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a part of our group, you got to get the surgery. Yeah, you got to get the surgery. You got to get your tail. <laughs> you got to earn your tail. Yeah. You know? That's right. Their most well-known weapon is the Rod of Covenant, a symbol of status and their affiliation with the Triarch. This weapon disar- discharges an energy that can be reduced. Wow. This weapon charges energy. Okay. Okay, this energy charges weapons. You're going to get it eventually. <laughs> I don't think I will. <laughs> this weapon discharges energy that can reduce other Necrons to puddles of uh, slag. Though they're organic targets, they burst into clouds of flaming ash. Another weapon they may choose to carry is the Void Blade and Particle Caster combination. So this, their Rod of Covenant is... The crazy thing is Necron have so many different kinds of staffs. Sure, yeah. And they all look so crazy different, <laughs> but they're all so similar in terms of at least how they function on tabletop. Sure. And so I can only assume that, you know, it's kind of how they function in real life. They all just like, they're pretty much a power weapon. Yeah. But they have a small range that they can just pulse energy at people. Sure. And there's like so many of these different kinds. But theirs is pretty well known and only Praetorians, I think, wield this Rod of Covenant. Yeah. Cool. Void Blades are black, double-sided, short blades that serve their victim, sever their victim's molecular bonds. The edges of the Void Blade are extremely difficult to focus on as they seem to flicker in and out of existence. Particle casters, like all Necron particle weapons, are extremely reliable as they only require a small amount of energy to contain the antimatter particles within. When the weapon is discharged, these particles are emitted and detonate upon impact with other matter. Uh, Void blades are pretty wild. Uh, 
they're monomolecular, perhaps some would say. <laughs> monomolecular. The question is, who developed it first, mm-hmm. Necron or Eldar? Mm, who the for... real question is if they know the proper time to strike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hmm. I de- I haven't seen here that they do know the proper uh, the perfect yeah. time. I guess normally that's an Eldar it is thing. clarified. Yeah, yeah that okay. is an Eldar specific trait. So maybe <laughs> the Void Blades are theirs first. And, would, yeah, and mm. the Eldar get to know when to use them. <laughs> <laughs> and together they form the, the perfect, perfect weapon <laughs> for the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Particle caster is pretty wild as well. Yeah, antimatter just <laughs> yeah. having like I assume you wouldn't even see like a discharge either, or there wouldn't be like an emission of light or anything. It's just mm. they're shooting antimatter particles, whatever that looks <laughs> sure, like, sure. you know. Yeah, and then they're just waiting for those antimatter particles to come into contact with matter, and then when matter and antimatter meet, there is only love. Impossible. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say impossible things. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then explosions happen. Yeah. I th- what does anybody actually know what happens when matter and antimatter? I I, I know the word annihilation is I thrown around. I thought they just was, ceased to exist. I thought antimatter was more of a theoretical. I My understanding is antimatter is the idea that they can't account for all the mat, like gravity. There's more gravity than there should be based on how much matter there is in the universe. So they theorized. And I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm, I'm not just, a space doctor. I don't know anything about shrimp or <laughs> antimatter. So I'm just uh, throwing Send it. all complaints to jamescomplaints <laughs> yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, when antimatter meets matter, they immediately annihilate into energy. So they just burst. But I Yeah. I always Science. thought it was like a theoretical, like we haven't seen antimatter i thought but maybe we have that'd be kind of neat i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna say i don't know that's pretty neat all right i guess we're pretty close to having necron weapons yeah is is what i'm here right there we yeah it's coming give us a couple years (laughs) the praetorians are proud necron fully committed to their task of preserving an ancient way of life any Xenos or even Necron, regardless of rank, that attempt to halt or waylay the Praetorian will quickly find themselves destroyed. These beings have been awake for 60 million years, protecting an entire race, waiting for their return as the rulers of the galaxy. <clears throat> One thing we didn't really touch too much on is how the Praetorians go to like tomb worlds and they, uh, they're they the ones going and waking them up sometimes and making sure that they're safe when they're sleeping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there. He sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, they'll watch you from their pocket dimensions. <laughs> He'll slag you if you've been bad. <laughs> so worship us or die. Oh, there it is. Oh my god, it's um, a chilling song. <laughs> yeah, the uh, something that is also common is after tomb worlds begin to awake, a host of Praetorians can be like sent to that tomb world to mm. kind of. Uh, permanently, unlike a weird permanent lending statue or whatever. It's not fully declared, but these Praetorians are responsible for this specific tomb world. Yeah. Um, And that is kind of neat, too. It's like you have this extra uh, political level above your dynasty. Yeah, some outside influence and stuff. Yeah, like you still rule your dynasty and you make the decisions and all they're trying to do is like, you following the codes today? Yeah, yeah. Did you say the right codes before you (laughs) ate breakfast today? Uh, 
Yeah. What are the codes? <laughs> yeah. We don't write those down. <laughs> <laughs> you should know them. You should know them. Yeah. The that is an interesting, I think a cool thing about them is their willingness to be very severe yeah, yeah. with their own Necron race that refuse to follow sure. the codes. Um it's very punishable. And I, I think that you kind of um if you fail to follow them or you choose to willingly you know, break them, and the yeah. Praetorians find out or whatever, you kind of choose to become a pariah. Sure, I guess you would. Yeah, because the Necron all believe in their uh, racial, like, supremacy. They believe that Necron are the owners of the galaxy. I mean, they did it once. Sure. You know, and they're they're all they're doing right now is they're here to get it back. Yeah. So they're saying, like, yeah, we're the best, and if one <laughs> of us fails, like, they're not worthy or something. Or, sure. Or, you know. Yeah. Um. Do we have much information on any codes? Like, do we have any cool examples? Like, these are mostly, like, high thought codes. Like, they're not like, okay, on the fourth Wednesday of every day, make sure you're... Like, they're more, like, ideals to uphold. Not so much as, like, day-to-day life, if that makes so sense. So, I agree with you for the most part. I think that in their theater of combat, it's much more strictly laid out. Sure. Um, one mm. of the things that I think the codes really govern, especially, is Necron on Necron action. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, be protected. Yeah. First of all, use protection. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, no. Well, yeah, like the, use the goal a, of... Use a face mask. Use a, <laughs> yeah, that's what the Canadian government recommends. So. <laughs> Sometimes two. Two masks. Sometimes two. Well, I've heard three. Well, the more the better. That's, the more the better. That's how it works. So don't don't science. use don't use positions that face each other. That's one. To <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Necron warfare? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Uh yeah, yeah. Lot, lots of it definitely is Necron because the the goal of the Praetorians is ultimately to maintain the Necron race. So, yeah, preserve their culture and way of life. Yeah, yeah. So when Necron go to war with other Necron and they have all these crazy weapons and. It could be a serious fucking cataclysm all of a sudden. Yeah, they can unleash stars on each other. You know, you <laughs> yeah. you can wipe out entire dynasties with a single button. <laughs> yeah. But uh, for, like, the Praetorians, that only serves, like, why would... They don't want to see any Necron die, because they want all Necron to, you know, own the galaxy. Yeah. So I definitely see their codes of conduct, mm-hmm. uh, especially between Necron skirmishes, is to ensure that you can have a winner in whatever battle because they they don't discourage fighting. They just want to make sure that whatever the outcome is, you know, you're not annihilating your opponent. Sure. Because the Necron need to continue. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I wonder if they have, like, like how how far they're allowed to wage war. It's like Necron and Necron violence. You're only allowed to use gauze weaponry. Sure, or like, yeah. You know, like, or like what, it, are the, what are the terms of engagement when you get yeah. to the crown world? Sure. Like, are you allowed to unleash your deadly weapons against that planet? Yeah. Or, like, are you allowed to do it against, like, an uh, outpost planet? Yeah. You know? Maybe the overlord, like, challenges you right away, like, uh, when you land on his planet. Like, no, if we're not going to go to war. You're just going to fight me. And then the Praetorians come. They they weigh every option. They're like, yeah, this is, this is the way this war is going to yes. be settled. They ensure that, like, mm-hmm. the rules of engagement are kept to whatever the Necron agreed on or yeah. whatever like it's not clear but i think we can hypothesize yeah we we do know that there is one co- code involving death marks which we'll get to later that really kind of back this kind of line of thinking up mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah like 
I think they're focused a lot on like the big high end codes and stuff, making sure that. Yes, yeah. I think they're it's they're much more concerned with making sure that the culture as a whole yeah. and their ideologies are preserved. Yeah, and you know not. Like, it's been 60 million years. How much could have changed <laughs> sure. without the Praetorians ensuring that their histories were still alive hmm. and that their monuments were still alive and that people in the galaxy still knew about them, albeit in some roundabout way? Sure. So, yeah. Tell their stories. <laughs> Tell them. Say their names. <laughs> and they may one day come to subjugate you. Oh, yay. Sawtech. <laughs> Emotech. I wish I knew your dynasty's name. Nekhebet. Yeah. <laughs> Say their names. <laughs> and know their stories. All right. So I guess the next thing we want to go over is the destroyer cults. Yeah. The, the local boys. The, the, the crazy half man, half hovercraft. <laughs> the half weird spider creature. The like floaty centaurs. <laughs> That's the, what the thick boys. The thick... I. Side note, I really like the one, I think it's like the Destroyer Lord, who's got like the chonky like hover things oh, underneath yeah. him. He just looks so thick. <laughs> that's that's I love all that. the new Locust models. I love them. Yeah. He just looks like he's coming in at you. You know, he's he's got a look in his eye. You don't want to. You always. I always wonder if those because they look like three little propulsion engines on each side, right? Well, just the do old they ones operate look so much less cool. Do they operate guys. independently of each other? You know, they're like wub 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 as they're going forward. Yeah. What sound do they make? It sounds like death. Look, look at I that assume. guy. He's just. Oh, he's he, thick. He's he's so big. Yeah. I like big things, obviously. <laughs> That guy's definitely has the biggest gun to body ratio, for sure. <laughs> it's large, longer than his entire body. <laughs> you see, like I, I've got a very small Necron collection, but I, it's I'm gonna start like peeking out the ones I like the best, and that guy, he's gonna be in there. You're I gonna start nice. buying individual pieces that you like. Yeah, just just the ones I like the most. Well, I thought of. I did Necron, but okay. <laughs> oh, I I didn't realize we had like a, a rule about that. It's the codes. The yeah, it's very strange. It is. It doesn't look like Do what you, you would think it is. No, yeah. I don't. Is I don't have any of the new stuff. Interested. Other than Indomitus mm. and Pariah Nexus now. Mm. Mm. Of which I. Oh no, let's you talk have, about that later. You have the. You have the. Ah, I'll, I'll get back to it. Yeah. So destroyer ne- cults. Necron Destroyer is a deranged agent of annihilation whose sole reason for existence is centered around an unshakable yearning to quench the flames of life. A destroyer cares not for borders or dynastic allegiance, nor does he make any distinction between the innocent and the damned. All life is his enemy, and all living creatures are his prey. Yeah, they really take it to the extreme. Like, they want to destroy everything. When they go to a plant, they scourge it of even, like... uh, uh, like small life, micro microscopic yeah. life. Yeah, they they scourge it all. Nothing remains. You have to maybe wonder if a planet that a destroyer cult gets to and com- you know finishes with. Yeah, is that the same looking planet as what a Tyranid would do? Because mm. Tyranids consume yeah. all biomass. Yeah. Um, and then Tyr- and then Necron would destroy all life. I would imagine it'd be very similar. There'd be a couple key differences, like the Necron would leave the water where the Tyranids well, take it. Depending, what if there's organisms living in the water? Yeah, but you could just like destroy the water, like 
make it toxic or whatever. What are they going to do with all the water is what I'm saying. Burn like, it. Burn it. Maybe they do. <laughs> Maybe they literally do. Um, yeah. Water itself is not living, though. But is it wet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> water is the essence of wetness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, is it itself wet? I don't know. You'll have to ask Ben Stiller. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not a water doctor. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not a water cyst. <laughs> Are you a hydro homie, though? Or Yes. Okay, good. I like water. Okay, good. Water is my homie. <laughs> <laughs> to this end, destroyers regularly engage in modifications to their bodies. The end of destroying life, right. just to be clear. Mm. Um, this uh, Some other necron might find uh, this to be self-mutilation, but... Uh, there are many upgrades that can be done to a Necron's body, such as replacing arms with weapons or legs with hover jets, but the result is always the same. A single-minded killing machine that will not cease until all life in the galaxy is eliminated. Yeah. Eliminated. Yeah. They might look different, but they have the same goal. They're just going about it in different ways. Yeah. Well, would they consider Necron to be life? It is only organic That's life? an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that they don't consider necron to be life yeah i could i could maybe see that eventually if everything else was scourged in the galaxy and there's nothing left to kill that maybe the destroyers would then turn on their necron allies um but yeah they don't seem to be much of a threat to necron currently yes there are other necron threats that we'll see later sure um but yeah the destroyer cults they seem to have found some kind of mutual Bene- mutually beneficial existence sure. with the Necron. Sure. So. It's also really cool, like, um, that the Necrons see, like, the, these destroyers as they, like, uh, change their body as, like, mutilation, and, like, they're really, like, looked at upon as, like, what the heck are they doing now? Yeah, to they're them? crazy. So, yeah, well, like, they... Some might say that in the next line, many Necron look down oh. or even shun <laughs> the insane destroyers because uh, that's what they are, insane ah. Necron. Uh, not all Necrons that woke up from the great sleep awoke as intended. Time erodes all things except for Praetorians, apparently. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so so these guys are just kind of like a little bit a little bit loony. Yeah, yeah. They're it's it's described as their engramic pathways and their synapses get affected by the ravages of time, except you know. for Praetorians, of course. So, <laughs> Here's what I like to think. So all the Necron are shut down when they're sleeping. That's when time can affect them. But if you're uh-huh. on, then, you know, you're... you're, uh-huh. you're, you're, you're sure. It's like when you haven't turned your computer on for f- 60 million years and you got, like, 40,000 updates on it, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's how but, it works. But if your computer's That's always exactly on and updating, you know, it's fine. You know, it's yeah. easy. Uh, I think, obviously, there is some failure in the Praetorians. But also, I wouldn't be surprised if... Um, there's like some are just built better than others. Well, as yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Like the Praetorians are pretty high up there in, in the Necron hierarchy. Like maybe there's a much smaller chance of them having any kind of malfunctions or erosions or whatever. Yeah. Just Instead because of using better. like silver wire, they use gold wiring. They're so much more. Yeah. Conductive. They're expensive. Yeah. Those boys. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just see. I, I disagree because I think that makes it. <laughs> 
just I don't know. That just seems a little convenient. It's it very, is convenient. very convenient. Yep. <laughs> but, well, uh, welcome to forty k. Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> I, I like to think I like to think that they just maybe that maybe the Praetorians do have a failure rate just as much, but they keep it secret somehow. Mm, so entirely it be, possible. It would be, it would oh, it would. Now uh, I want to uh, do a Necron Praetorian kill team. It it the would affect fallen. their uh it would affect their like uh image if they if people it got out that mm. they were that's that's my head cannon. <laughs> So some of these Necrons awoke from their long slumber with their physical form intact, but their psyche torn beyond recovery. Angered and despairing their soulless existence, these Necrons turned to nihilism and the destruction of all life. (laughs) That's nice. The idea of a nihilistic Necron or even Necron that can choose some kind of like philosophy or ideology. Yeah, it seems interesting. Like Why it, does he hate me? <laughs> <laughs> what is my purpose? <laughs> you you cut the butter. Oh, oh god. my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So destroyers can be found on almost every tomb world, which as we know is every world. Every world is a tomb world if you look hard enough. So from the fringe worlds to the noblest of Necron Dynasty crown worlds, this suggests that the descent into this particular form of madness is driven by a subconscious imperative, possibly one implanted by the Satan during the biotransference process millions of Terran years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they're, they're everywhere. Um, yeah, that's so a, there has to be some commonality between exactly, them all. Yeah. There, there's something rooted in their the programming, code, yeah. yeah, their code, that kind of lends them to this specific... Um, philosophy because you don't hear about Necron who become pacifists sure yeah yeah exactly you know you don't hear about Necrons who um, instantly are like no I, I like the greater good and I like that <laughs> that altruistic sure lifestyle. that would be hilarious if some like Necrons were just like hanging out with with the tower like yeah we like these guys now and they're just <laughs> giving them the technology <laughs> the, the tower would instantly be better <laughs> wow but Necrodermis battle suits. Ooh. Perfect. Okay. Actual um warp drive like speed oh, no, capabilities. No. We don't want that. We don't want that. Oh. We want the Tau to be in a small tiny port where portion of the galaxy where, where, where one single bomb can destroy them yeah. all. Where one <laughs> single warp storm can kill the entire race. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. But I do I think it is important to note that it must be somewhere in there original programming this sure. desire to destroy yeah um and it could just be that all necron do have a desire to destroy and this is just um like compounding bringing it to the front making it much more uh strong in their urges to do or whatever so yeah these, mama mama necron i have these urges and i don't <laughs> understand them it's okay young boy <laughs> <laughs> we all go through this the change <laughs> <laughs> But don't uh, start hanging out with those those destroyers, destroyers. <laughs> yeah. with their with their mohawks and their piercings. <laughs> they're they're bad news. They're bad news. <laughs> I don't like them. Hmm. So, uh, even though these uh, destroyers are found on almost every tomb world, uh, that doesn't mean that they hail from every level of Necron society. It takes some sort of level of personality or freedom to embrace the nihilism and such cold blooded determination so a level of individuality that is denied to lower ranking necrons is something that almost without exception uh 
these destroyers need to come from like the lich guard or or immortals so yeah. you need to have that kind of like personality yeah the warriors are pretty much drones at yeah. this point yeah but like uh like necron lords have the potential to f- fall to the destroyer virus praetorians i would imagine too like no maybe not as much but yeah yeah i also think that a significantly strong enough will must help you to avoid it like praetorians are so sure of their duty and so confident in like their purpose yeah that i i okay. or they have plot armor before that too. wow yeah. that's rude <laughs> before i actually get into that i, I want to talk just really quickly is that it sounds to me like there's kind of two ways that you can join the destroyer cults okay and one seems to be through a malfunction during especially your great sleep but i think it could happen at any time sure um something that actually forces your 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 code to change whatever you're you're having an actual problem yeah. and now you're a destroyer yeah maybe there's a power surge somewhere and now it yeah you just your brain is incapable of doing anything other than destroy 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 yeah. um and then it seems like the other one is this like descent into nihilism almost like a conscious choice to follow this yeah and it's possible that the two are related but i also think i could see it happen separately sure um and i think that's a pretty big distinction to make is that some might have chosen the destroyer life and yeah. some <laughs> I, I i didn't choose to destroy life it chose me <laughs> yeah but and then i think others are forced into it through these malfunctions so praetorians yeah let's say you look at both ways. If can they malfunction and join the destroyer virus? Sure, I could yeah. definitely see that happening. Could a Praetorian choose to embrace the nihilism? Yeah, I think I could also see it happening. But I also think that it's harder for them. To oh yeah, 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 yeah. That is definitely the exception. Yeah, Praetorian. Because I think like. they're just so dedicated to sure. what they're doing. Like, w- there's no room for that I- ideology in their preservation of Necron hmm. culture. So. Sure. Um. Yeah, it's kind of cool, too. Like, uh, lots of them are said to have been created during the original biotransference and stuff. And, like, what would have caused that and why. Um, and they a lot of these Necron have been around and fighting for fighting the old ones, being in the, involved in this great galactic war for generations, right? Um, it's possible that some of them just got went mad like literally during that time they went mad yeah as during, when they were flesh and when bone. they were flesh and blood yeah. yeah and then they you know they they've been fighting and purging the galaxy themselves as flesh how and much blood. death have they seen <laughs> yeah. how much destruction like this senseless violence and now all of a sudden you're given an immortal body yeah yeah so yeah during the biotransference then you're like boom like yeah like let's really go and yeah, I was powerful before. Check me out now. Boom, robot gun arm. Exactly. Yeah. And and if your brain, you know, if you've taken some kind of damage to, like, your mental state, yeah. you know, through whatever warfare or, like, a PTSD, whatever that would be for the Necron Tur, and you, you have those things, and trying to transfer that into the Necron body, like, sure. what if it just, you know, it just doesn't transfer properly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're almost fated at that point to have malfunctions yeah your 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 code was already corrupted before it became exactly code. like yeah. yeah there's no hope but yeah that's an that's a one more way to look at it too yeah sure yeah so like it seems like there's some value that necron uh, armies can glean from these 
from these uh, destroyers. They have their their efficiency is like more than a compensation for their insubordination or the way that they treat Necrons in other ranks. So, despite the fact that they're kind of like, I don't like you don't want them around. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're still valuable to the to the to well stuff because they just purge really yeah. well. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to I don't like them around, but they are still Necron. Yeah. And they're not, you know, a fleshy, soft race. They are still <laughs> Necron. Yeah. And, and so we definitely like them more than non-Necron. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, he's still my uncle, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we won't just dump him at the home. Yeah, yeah. Family dinners would be weird with the destroyer around. <laughs> destroy! <laughs> no, no, that's dinner. There's nothing living Destroy! <laughs> Yeah, so most destroyers are banished to the outskirts of their tomb world, dwelling in isolated fortresses ruled over by courts of destroyer lords. Yeah. So yeah. what do they do over there? Just like zip around their base, like blowing up boop. shit. Yeah. Destroy. <laughs> okay. Do you remember um, Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Uh, when Scarecrow is holding his court and it's like that weird chaos yes. oh, court yeah. that makes no sense. That's kind of how I see these destroyer courts. <laughs> Just courts run by insane people. Doing insane things. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> you are sentenced to destroy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like all their all the destroyers are like lined up, and there's the destroyer. They just like in a like a line, and he and you go to the front of the line. He has a vial with like some microscopic (laughs) organism in it, and he's like, "We're gonna destroy you and guilty of life, guilty." (laughs) And they all just aim their weapons at this tiny little thing. Yeah, they all just (laughs) this cute little rabbit that they found. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, but yeah, and it's flesh. (laughs) I honestly see it just being like this insane. <laughs> kind of yeah. like caricature of a regular court. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's like a bizarro world. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> so the one like one main psychological difference that these guys have from the rest of their race is that they have no desire to go back to living as flesh and blood. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. how do I destroy oh I my am, God. I am organic. <laughs> I must destroy myself. No. <laughs> I was alive the whole time. <laughs> Guilty of life. <laughs> In the mirror. Guilty. 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 <laughs> yeah. And obviously not all Necron want to reverse the biotransference, but you'll never find a destroyer that yeah. wants to. What what do you think? If you were to put like a bet down, do more Necron want to return or are more Necron okay? I could see it as just like a, a pretty equal yeah. split. Sure. Um, maybe, maybe more people would want to stay Necron just because there's so many warriors that don't have a choice in the matter. Maybe. Like I, I think a lot of them um actually approve of the fact that they are now immortal hmm. like do you really want to go back to your weak body that yeah, was riddled cancer by ridder, cancer yeah. yeah sure yeah is that really worth it no. i don't know to some people i think it is and to others they're like yeah. no 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 like i'm gonna rule the galaxy literally forever <laughs> yeah okay yeah so there definitely hasn't been like a valid statement either way i know like with the return of the silent king there was a huge push for like the return to the okay. organic but and you can the only place i found that talked about him wanting to do that was on a stupid warhammer community post oh i love those online they're classic they're so they're so well written oh yeah, my, no. i felt like i wanted to claw my eyeballs out while <laughs> reading this post but yeah i saw one mention of of his desire to 
um, protect life from the Tyranids. Um, whether or not that's his true focus, I don't know. But I, at that point, I definitely see the Destroyers at some point would become an enemy of those Necron hmm. who wish to return back. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Yeah. Because as soon as they turn back to their own flesh and blood, the Destroyers <laughs> would instantly try and destroy them. Yeah, yeah. So. That's nice. Destroying. So let's talk about a couple of the different kinds of Destroyers. Yeah, there's many different ways to modify your body into the perfect killing machine. Infinite, some might say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the first thing we're going to talk about are uh, Destroyer Lords. Uh, so even the Necron nobility are not safe from the nihilistic madness that consumes the destroyers. When a Necron lord or overlord succumbs, a great threat to all life is born. While many Necron lords and overlords are afflicted by eccentricities, the insanity that consumes the mind of a destroyer lord is something else entirely. Yeah, I think there's something to be said that a destroyer lord isn't just... Uh, or destroyer virus isn't just quirks. Sure. It's an overtake of your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. something that you can't fight against necessarily. Yeah, and Where I, your quirk, you might be able to, well, maybe I don't do that this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also think that you can rationalize, you're right, you can rationalize your way around those things or yeah. have people advise you yeah, and yeah, yeah. tell you that, no, maybe don't do this. <laughs> but a destroyer, you're just overtaken. Yeah. And you have no you have no choice. You just want to destroy. So yeah. these destroyer lords have been stripped of any compassion and nobility, existing only to kill the living. The desire to kill has long since eclipsed the reasons why, <laughs> and they are driven ever onwards by their insanity. That's nice. <laughs> Not nice for us, Mark. Uh, We're living. I'm just happy that people out there find purpose, you know? <laughs> it's good. Mark is the like the 40K therapist, <laughs> and a destroyer pops into you know Mark's office, and he's like, I just like to destroy. And Mark's like, but does it make you happy? Yes. Yes, it <laughs> You know does. what? I do not feel happy. I just destroy. <laughs> I destroy my happiness. I destroy my happiness. I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that got way too heavy for me. I just can't. <laughs> so, so what's your relationship with your mother? I destroy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no. And how are your friends? Destroyed. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, destroyer lords are so heavily modified that even the mightiest overlords have a respect, quote unquote, and fear of these unstoppable killing machines. Yeah. The fear is an interesting <laughs> yeah. thing here that... Like they've these destroyer lords have abandoned um, kind of like a little bit of their pride as a Necron. Hmm. I think that's something that stops a lot of um, modifying of the Necron is that this uh, is our body, this is our sure. our representation. You know, why fiddle with perfection? Yeah, because like when they designed that body, they would they would have designed it perfectly, exactly, exactly how they would have wanted it. Yes, yeah. there's no reason for them to make improvements upon sure. it. Like there, there's literally not. Not literally. Maybe there's not anything that the Necron can't do. You know, their science is able to overcome all barriers. So they would have known this is like the perfect form that yeah. we want to like represent <laughs> or whatever. So I think the ne the Necron lords that view these people modifying are kind of viewed as like a, a blasphemy. I could see that sure. like against the Necron form. And that's like a weird fear thing. You know, like, oh, my God, like, if I get infected by this destroyer virus, am I also going to abandon, you know, my pride as a Necron? And, sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I, I like that respect and fear. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely valued mm -hmm. <laughs> as destroyers, for sure. There have been many different forms of destroyer lords, and each lord can have a unique set of modifications, although there have been enough sightings of particular types for the Imperium to form specific categories. Yeah. They love to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, even if... Even if no destroyer lord is the same, the Imperium is just be like, all right, floaty body, check. <laughs> yeah. you know, three legs, check. Surprisingly, the, the Imperium wasn't super racist with the, this one either. Like with the Tau, they're like, yeah, look at these look fish at these people. Fish. Yeah. The Tau, like, we have hooves. <laughs> <laughs> and hands. And hands. Like, we don't even have gills. What? Yeah, we don't breathe. Un literally yeah. none of us breathe underwater. <laughs> But at least uh, the Necron weren't treated with such a slight. That's nice. <laughs> the Imperium was kind to them. Um, but yeah, if you want to look at some very cool fucking dope pictures, oh, there's go some to, really cool conversions. Yeah, go to Patreon and subscribe for one dollar. <laughs> then you can see our video. But I'm pulling up just I just googled Necron Destroyer Lords, and there's some wild like concepts of just how extreme the Destroyer virus can go. Um, this one makes me want to live and be better. You know, it makes uh, yeah sure. This one makes me want to be a better Warhammer. This picture, right? Yeah, that it's like a spider body. It, it's very much reminds me of Darth Maul after oh, he yeah. gets after he's like stuck on that trash planet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, for however long he is, and he gets insane, and he gets that spider body. Yeah, like that spider body is a tomb spider's body, right? Um, the legs maybe the old. Yeah, I have. I'm. I'm not actually too certain about it. I never have bought Ooh, a Necron spider. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So well, you don't have the entire it's... line yet. Weak sauce. <laughs> Weak <laughs> Sad. I, I, I'm. I'm coming up to close to having my entire line. Oh, where, where, where's yours, dude? You started when there were. You could buy like three things, James. Okay. <laughs> Back off. Man. Also, I had less time. Look Whatever. at that crazy thing. Yeah, there's some really, really cool that, how destroyer. How long would it take to paint that? <laughs> all. All of all it. Was still all of the time. painting it. <laughs> this is just concept art of what he hopes to accomplish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's a real destroyer lord. Someone took a picture of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next type of destroyer, the locust. Locust destroyers are Necron fused to floating chassis, which serve as mobile heavy weapons platforms. They ruthlessly adapt, augment, and expunge any of any facet of their physical form in order to better their combat capability capacity. Uh, even the destroyer sensors are reconfigured to better serve target lock and prediction capabilities. Combining their mobility with death-dealing weapons, there is nothing safe from the hail of firepower they rain down upon their foes. I I like that there are these distinctions within the destroyers for it seems like preferences on how you want to destroy all life sure 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 like sure. this guy these locust destroyers they don't have a desire to get up close and swing mm. their blades and crush their victims they just care about overwhelming annihilation through firepower yeah and yeah. I like that you can, with this like more newer line that Games Workshop is doing, it lends itself to that the destroyer virus doesn't affect everyone the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are different things. There's like even stealth destroyers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Locust destroyers are equipped with a variety of weapons, but most either have like a gauze cannon, gauze destructors, or enmatic uh, exterminators. Uh, gauze technology, we know what that is. It just 
you know, kind of strips you down molecule by molecule. Yeah. Where enmatic exterminators cause the victim's atoms to violently repel from one another. So that's pretty neat. You just picture like this, like, and now it's mist. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it just puts all your atoms to just, con- like, repel each other. And, and now you're gone. You're gone. You're just... <laughs> yeah. A little, like, fart sound, like, poof. <laughs> Burp, poof. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Enmatic exterminators. <laughs> and Enjoy I like that. that. I like it. <laughs> so, Scorpec destroyers. So, these guys favor overwhelming close quarters violence to slaughter their victims. Yeah. I am a huge. I have some of these. They're they're an excellent model. They look cool. They're so sweet. They have these giant blades swinging them around. I love them. I love them. Uh, so though ungainly off the battlefield, uh, in combat their tripod bodies allow them to pass through enemy lines, effectively. So two additional arms are added, and the resulting slashing weapons are nigh impossible to evade or parry. And yeah, they just add so much more power behind each swing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's cool. So, yeah, they got, like, the three different legs on, like, yeah, a little tripod and skitter around. <laughs> they're, they're so cool. But, yeah. I, I'm not sure how three legs works as moving. Yeah. They, I feel they, like it's a weird locomotion. You'd have to kind of, like, gallop. In order to move, I don't. Cause well, you, I'm not a foot doctor or a leg doctor. We, but uh, wait, you're not. Well, I've been giving medical advice you, for years. I told you I was for sure, but I'm definitely not. You keep at, so the, all those prostate exams, Eric. <laughs> well, I'm your, you know, prostate doctor, but no one else's. I'm not technically legally <laughs> oh allowed my. to do it. So, yeah. Oh. So the Scorpec Destroyer's weapons of choice are a pair of hyperphase reap blades or hyperphase threshers. Which is effectively just the same weapon. One is just bigger than another. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're just these massive blades running, coursing, you know, with Necron energy. Yeah. However, that works. And they're um, damn near impossible to paint. I was literally just about to say <laughs> they are the impossible to paint. <laughs> Anyone who can do that, you're, oh, but like you're as impressive. the game shop. Yeah, game how shop. they do it with that with like crazy blending. And, yeah, I don't know. No, thank oh, you. Look at this destroyer. Mine are just monocolor. Yeah, I, have, I've painted and repainted and repainted blades. Those blades so many times because I just can't <laughs> get it to something that I'm happy with. <laughs> yeah, so. it's, it's tough, but. I'm tempted to now just do like a mono. The yeah, fade mono is molecular blade. Monomolecular. <laughs> really paint every molecule. Are you gonna do? Let's talk about the hexmark destroyer. So hexmark most hexmark destroyers were once death marks, but as with all destroyers, the need to destroy is all encompassing, and so the body modifications begin. Adding another four arms for a total of six. Hexmarks use the destroyer's corrupted engrams to aid them in targeting and dispatching nearby enemies in a hail of enmitic disintegrator pistol fire. Six pistols at once, to be exact. That's sweet. Yeah, and it's got, like, on its head, it's got uh, seven different eyes, like, one for each pistol and one just for, I don't know, checking out how well, cool no, he you, looks. You can <laughs> see kind of, like, the... In that head. So death marks only have a single eye. Okay. And it's whatever, whether that's like a status thing or it's the fact that they only need one eye because they're so, you know, amazing. 
Um, but you can see in the in the hex mark face that center eye maybe has shrunk down into that small one, and yeah. six new eyes have appeared on its face. And I can only assume that each of those eyes maybe corresponds to a different pistol. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they they're picking all their targets. <laughs> With yeah. six, you know, these different <laughs> eyes. Yeah. I, so. I really like that model. Yeah, it's one of the best it's ones. It's cool. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah, I, I don't have it yet, but it's Eric. up there. You let me down, Eric. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> have the full line yet, Mark. It doesn't, doesn't even know. have half of the line. Oh. And don't even get me started on the paint. <laughs> Please don't get him started on the paint. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, it's sweet. Uh, he's got this, like, huge orb on his back. And then there's a bunch of tubes coming off of this orb that goes to each pistol. It's... Yeah, it looks like a power station. Yeah. You know, like that's either it's making power there or it's storing power there. But um, so the, the cool thing about hex marks is that because they're, oh, that's cool art. Um, because they are, come, they come from death marks. Yeah. Uh, they can use the pocket dimensions. Oh, yeah. And we're going to get into that more when we talk about death marks. Exactly. So I don't want to ruin it, but that is a very cool thing about hex mark destroyers and makes sure. them even more crazy than regular destroyers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, pocket dimensions are neat. Um, yeah. Uh, so up next, we got the Ophidian Destroyer. This is the last one that we have, and James is going to take care of it. Oh, heck yes, I am. So another form of destroyer, the Ophidian Destroyer, enacts war very differently than the other destroyers, preferring to stealthily eliminate its prey. So their legs are removed and replaced with a lith tail. Lithe. Lithe tail. Ooh. I think that's misspelled. Lithe uh, with an E on the end? Oh. There you go. <laughs> Which You're it uses to slither upright in an almost floating posture. Two extra arms are added and fitted with additional weapons, the hyperphase replays and the hyperphase threshers, and ophidian claws the ophidian claws look very much like flayed one stuff yeah they're just two long talons essentially two mm-hmm. long talon fingers oh, these are good too all they're the new all, de- good. all the new destroyer stuff is is all excellent looking it, every new necron model is awesome i think there's only one that is like subpar say it at the same time one two three silent, silent king. king boom okay yeah so now that we're all on the same page, thanks yeah. for coming to our TED Talk. James, we're going to say it at the same time. Ready? One, two, three. Silent, Silent King. King. Okay. Thank mm. you, James. I, I actually, <laughs> I can see why. I can see why you feel that way. It, I, it's just a little bit less imposing than I suppose. I don't know. This like procession-y thing doesn't really seem, yeah. I get it. I was confident before it came out that I wasn't going to be impressed. And wow. after actually looking at it. I, you, you pat yourself on the back. You said, Eric, good man. I can trust you. I'm not happy with this. <laughs> yeah. Your hastily judgment of a model that hasn't even been seen yet. That's is right. True. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it. Like, yeah. it, it just doesn't have that look. That it doesn't have on. the weight of the yeah. leader of a race that's literally owned the galaxy at one point and are back to do it again. It should look more absurd. And it doesn't look yeah. absurd enough. Yeah. I agree. I get it. I get it. Okay. Anyway, back Ophidians. to the uh, Ophidian Destroyer. So they tunnel through solid substance substances with flickers of dimensional displacement. They burst from one, from their own pocket dimensions into view to ambush, hack, and rend their prey apart. Yeah, more pocket dimensions and also, what do they call it? Uh, phase, phase. phase tunneling, phase technology. Yeah. So you can kind of see, like, 
um, what, what is it called when you take something from somewhere and apply it to a new thing? Mashup. It's less of a mashup. You can see where they got, like, uh, inspiration. Ah. So they're very old-school wraith-like. Now, if you haven't been in the hobby for very long, you might only know the new Necron wraiths that are these canoptic creations. <laughs> but the old, old Necron wraiths were effectively just these Necron torsos with long tails. And we do have a picture of it yeah. up here. Um, and so you can see where they're kind of getting this new Ophidian Destroyer model look from. Sure. And I do like it. I actually really liked the old Wraith models. They actually looked pretty terrifying. There's some crazy artwork out there oh, of just yeah. these, like, long, tall oh. Necron, like, you know, posing in a very imposing over top of people, like, with these massive claws ready to just, yeah, flay people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that one. Yeah, yeah, look at these. Look at all these little Look at things. all these oh, little artworks. Yeah, like, that's... Pretty, pretty terrifying. Oh, yeah. This is the one I think of, the one they're fighting the Black Templar. Oh, and you can yes. see them wrapped around, and that one's sweet. Yeah, but they can phase uh, these Ophidian ones, which effectively means they can just go through solid rock. Yeah. Or, yeah, matter. You know, they just, they turn themselves into <laughs> some weird, they enter some weird kind of dimension or whatever, which allows them to just travel through yeah. space however they want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, so their appearance is repugnant to other Necrons, echoing elements of both the servile canoptic wraiths and reviled flayed ones. Yeah. yeah, you definitely see the resemblance with the flayed ones with the claws and with the um, tail and phasing abilities with the canoptic yeah. wraiths. Yeah. yeah. They're very cool, though. Yeah, but this is a good example of how... At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Like, the Destroyer can really take you somewhere different. Like, uh, these guys, they want to actually stealthily kill you yeah, to some yeah. degree. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, Everyone, even though they're all destroyers and they all want to end life, they yeah. do it very differently. Yeah. Um, yeah, very cool. I, I'm so happy now that we have all these different types of destroyers. We've talked about it even in previous episodes before these came yeah, out. Yeah, years much ago. Years. And yeah. I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm so happy. They did such a good job with the whole new, new model line. Yeah, yeah, the it, new Necrons are incredible. It's not often that I give like pretty 100% praise to Games Workshop, but all the new Cryptex coming out oh, with all their different all like cool. sciences. Yeah, Chronomancers. Yeah, and... Chrono, Psycho, Plasma, like so many. Yeah. And then all these destroyers as well. It's very well done. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what we have on Destroyers. Uh, up next, the next outcast we're going to be talking about is the Flayed Ones. Mm, may I? Yeah, please. Okay, you can take death marks then. Okay. Flayed Ones. A living nightmare and the embodiment of horror and inescapable terror. Flayed Ones are Necron that have been infected by the Flayer virus. They have been twisted from their original... Fo Wait, wasn't that just red picture? Yeah. Life's fun. Okay, I was having a colorblind moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Flayed ones have been twisted from their original forms, the virus reshaping their physical body even as it corrupts and ruins their mind. So during the war in heaven, some 60 million years ago, the Catan were beings of immeasurable, indescribable, reality-shattering power. Before their betrayal by the Necron, they were gods. There were many different Catan, all with individual personalities, preferences, and even physical attributes and characteristics. Yeah, a great episode. Go check out like the Necron Satan episode. Really learn more about like how much power these these things actually had. Like literally reality altering power. Yeah. And one of the craziest things is there's no warp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... their power is like safe and like they can reproduce it with no ill effects every time. Yeah. They can break the laws of physics to just do things that were otherwise an impossibility and again no warp yeah which is crazy very wild one such katan was landu gore also called the flayer he was the only katan that we know of to be completely destroyed all other katan have been shattered you know their scarred their shards scattered to the corners of the galaxy uh, killed at the hands of the Maynarch dynasty, the Flayer would curse the Necron in his final moments. He somehow... Do you want to find the quote? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh. He somehow created a virus that affects the inner workings of the Necron, imparting in them his hunger and desire for flesh, gore, and blood. Okay. That's an ass. That's a nice ass. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's like a conversion work. Is that by the War Singer? No, I have no idea. It's gross, but kind of cool. There's a lot of crazy things. Yeah, Landu Gore is a very well known um, Catan, right up there with Void Dragon, Nightbringer, and Deceiver. Especially because of this Flare Virus thing. So it it's pretty neat to see people talk about him. Yeah, I got that quote. Nice. Uh, through technology. Oh, nope, that's... Is this the one we wanted? No. Carry on, Eric. I can find it okay. pretty fast. Okay. Landu okay. Gore. Lexicanum. Ooh! Um, new Necron Flare models came out, too. That's another new thing. It seems like they're yeah. still coming out with new Necron stuff. It's crazy. Well, there's even still things... And they're good. They're um, good well, there's mixed... Mixed feelings about them. Sure. I mean, they're... It's it's not like their rules are new. Well, no, I just mean the models. How do you feel about them? I personally like them. I think they look great, but they're spindly. I would break all of them. I I have already broken some. I'm Uh, sure you... I would... I could almost guarantee I would not be able to get those out of the sprue without snapping the claws. I've been pretty good about that, but um, definitely... What am you know? I thought I was. Oh, here we go. I got it. Okay. This is attributed to Landu Gore, the Flayer. To those who have denied us, to those who have denied me, I will wreak vengeance. I will wrench your souls and break your bones. I will cast hunger through your accursed existence. Down the eons, I w- you will not forget. I will grant you this gift from love turned aside and make you like me. Break you in my image as you have broken me. I shall cast the fear of myself into you and all of your kind. I am Landu Gore. I am the hunger. I am the flayer. And from this moment, you shall be too. Very cool. So we can only assume that's 
his you know dying words his dying paragraph yeah <laughs> yeah as he was as i lay dying here let me <laughs> everyone's like get on with it <laughs> curse yeah. us already come on <laughs> once created this flare virus spread throughout the Necron race, and it quickly became regarded with loathing, and the Necron destroyed anyone infected on contact. Unfortunately, the flayed ones seem to have an affinity with pocket dimensions and their workings, so some always manage to escape and spread their virus elsewhere. And all it takes is one. Yeah. All it takes is one flayed one just escaping and being able to infect someone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they're hunted down with, like, much prejudice. Oh, absolutely. They are considered a a threat to the Necron dynasty. Yeah. It's one of the interesting things is that the only thing that the Necron really feel of the threat are other Necron. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Like, this would be terrifying. This is... There's no coming back from the Flare Virus. And if that thing infects your ranks and all of a sudden your dynasty falls to the Flare Virus, you have nothing left. You're the overlord of nothing. Yeah, and triple masking does not protect you from the Flare Virus. No, 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 no. What about about positions that don't face each other? (laughs) Even that that doesn't protect you. As far as I know, there's no protection against this. We'll have to contact the Canadian government. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you you need to change your... Update your policies. Yeah. The flare virus is coming. The flare virus Now, 60 million years later, the flare virus still exists, and it's spreading its infection throughout the Necron whenever it can. And while the flayed ones are thought of as primitive savages at the whims of their insatiable thirst for blood, they have been observed to be patient stalkers, watching from their pocket dimensions for the opportune moment to ambush their prey and slice the flesh of their bones. Have you guys, did you guys read that uh, short story that was coming out, like when the Necron stuff was first being released? No. Possibly? It was that, the idea was that there was like this guard regiment on a ship and it was like right when Parian Nexus kind of story was being dropped and uh, the idea was that this this guard regiment was on the ship and one of their crew got killed and they, or went missing and they didn't know where, where she went and it just happened to be this guy's sister and so he he's they're searching trying to get back to the ship something is chasing him they don't know what and then he hears his sister's voice come from like a shadow and he like goes over to see it and it's just this flayed one with his sister's body like draped over oh him. i love that and the he, mimicry yeah he so like she he somehow this flayed one somehow was able to emulate her voice and know that they were that's, related and like lure him into a trap and then kill I him. love it. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it, just, it was a pretty cool story. I'm sorry, I basically spoiled it for it. That's very horror. Story, but you yeah. know, if you wanted to want to read that story, it came out like almost a year ago. So yeah, that's <laughs> it, no spoilers. It's so cool. Like they they're described as like these primitive savages, and like you know, the the thirst for blood is inescapable for them. Um, but yet they're still like intelligent. They might do ambushes or they do that thing where you know they have the ability to mimic other people's voices. Yeah the the idea that they can uh, make a rational enough decision and say, look, I can either attack now and satis- try and satisfy my thirst for blood. Or I can wait patiently and sacrifice something now to gain something even greater later. Yeah. That's a really interesting thought process. Because mm-hmm. it, it for me, it tells me that they're not actually 
at the whims of this base instinct, as I think the Necron would have you believe. So maybe it's just like Necron propaganda. These guys are really just, you know what, we're just alternative lifestyle Necrons. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're being persecuted by the uh, the conventional wisdom. I, I definitely could see that. I could see the Necron being like, look, you need to destroy these Necron flayed ones because if you do, you'll be out of control. You'll have no control over anything you do. All you'll want to do is That's get just the system, man. There's a, there's a different way to live life. You can flay your enemies and wear their skin. It's, it's an okay choice. Yeah. But yeah, very, very cool. Uh, since anyone can like fall to the flare virus too, like this whole kind of higher level thinking might be because like, might be from a lord when they fell, not necessarily a warrior is putting this much thought into every kill that he makes. But, Entirely possible. Um, yeah, it could they, depend on what your previous level of intelligence was. Exactly. Yeah, that was a Praetorian. Ooh. I mean, there definitely would be Praetorians that fall to the flare virus. There's no protection against it, right? So That would be interesting if you made like a dynasty that was just a flayed dynasty, and you're like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, we are actually not as uh, stupid as they think we are, but... So um, an idea that Mark gave me a long time ago uh, was back when there were no Flayed One models other than the recast. It was absolute trash to get them. (laughs) It was crazy. But Mark's like, why don't you just take a bunch of your regular models, like mess up their bodies so they look different, and then drape flesh on them. So you have Lich Guard that are Flayed Ones, and you have Praetorians that are Flayed Ones. Because all Necron... Yeah. would go to it right so yeah and you have like this weird hodgepodge flare squad yeah with a bunch of different aspects in it it'd be so cool that would be very cool but they're they're all flayed ones yeah but they're all different models yeah. you know and they're all they all look different <sighs> flayed ones very cool yeah okay um the virus does more than destroy their minds it twists their bodies reshaping them as misshapen and hunched figures They have long claws, perfect for flensing and stripping their victims. Their metal bodies are covered in flesh and gore, skin stretched tight across them, heads draped with their victims' screaming faces. They are constantly seeking to satisfy their insatiable hunger for flesh, their unquenchable thirst for blood. There is no immunity to the virus. No rank can save you. No position grants invulnerability. The mightiest pharaoh and lowest warrior are all at risk of infection. And this is most likely why the Necron will treat the Flaidrons with such discrimination. Sure. Yeah. You know, they they don't really care about Necron plagues or uh, Death Guard plagues. Yeah. Or, like, diseases from a swamp or yeah. bog or whatever. They can the exist The ravages in... of time doesn't matter. Exactly. But this is one of the few things that there's no coming back from yeah. once you get it. Uh, flayed ones are attracted to bloodshed. And with their use of pocket dimensions, they seem to appear from nowhere to create a bloody feeding frenzy. Though their travel paths are impossible to discern, they seem to stay close to areas where blood is commonly spilled, uh, trailing along armies, following Necron dynasties. Um, there was a short story that I did and read about a flayed one where there was a, a human settlement, and every once in a while, like maybe a gener- like two generations ago or something, Necron flayed ones appear. Sure. And they don't happen all the time, but it's like a horror story like told down. Yeah, yeah. And then they just appeared in this one story of these <laughs> creatures in the nighttime that just appear out of nowhere and this girl watches her brother like get ripped in half and watches oh. this Necron literally try and chew through these organs. But it's 
you know, it can't swallow. So it was just <laughs> this like gory mess that this Necron was shoving in its mouth. And Oof. yeah, that sounds pretty horrifying. Yeah. True terror for sure. You don't want, you don't want that. <laughs> you're not, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. But it is interesting to note that they do uh, seem to follow people that shed blood. Sure. Like, they have an understanding as well of where they can get, like, the most sure. blood, right? So Yeah, you just got to wonder how many, like, planets like Armageddon or Vrax or any of these, like, crazy galactic uh, battles. Vigilus. Vigilus, yeah. Are what? flares appearing there and, like... Absolutely. There's right? so much bloodshed. They must just be beacons yeah. for these these uh, flayed ones. Yeah. And it helps that every world is a tomb world. It does help that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a fact. <laughs> I wonder when the Terran tomb world is going to wake up. That's the real question. I wouldn't be surprised if the Emperor purged that world, that one. On Terra? Oh, that would be that'd be an interesting story if like the Emperor just like, okay, I'm going to like... Him wandering the halls of this crypt... Destroying just, all the Necron life, shutting down all the programs, sealing it behind him. Just just annihilating it yeah. just because he's the emperor. And exactly. He can do that. Well, he's the emperor. So. He's the emperor. Um, when flayed ones do appear during a Necron battle, boy. they are watched warily but ignored until the major threat has been defeated. Since the Necron have no biological components, the flayed ones will always ignore them until they have consumed everything available. By that time, the Necron army will have turned their attention to the Flayed Ones, destroying as many as possible, forcing them to escape through their pocket dimensions. Yeah, so it is good to note that the even though Necron... <laughs> that's a good piece of artwork. Even though Necron um, do not like the Flayed Ones, they actually allow the Flayed Ones to help them in battle against sure. the other races until their battle is won, and then they say, okay, let's clean up the Flayed Ones yeah. because we can't risk them and staying around and infecting us. They'd probably, like, quarantine off sections of the battle zone, too. Like, we know flares have be- uh, appeared on the northern flank. Like, let's pull our troops out and let them kind of deal with it. Exactly. Them. And then once we know who's kind of won, if it's the Flayers or the other side, then we'll go re-engage and take it back type of thing. Yeah, exactly. They're yeah. definitely very... I see them as treating the flayed ones very cautiously yeah, yeah, yeah. doing everything they can to destroy while avoiding contact as much as possible yeah. um, some dynasties have even been known to use the flayed ones tactically blood swarm scarabs are sent against the necrons enemies which attract flayed ones leading them to a source of flesh and blood Bloodstorm scarabs. The, do you know much about them so i i'm pretty sure we would have talked about them at some point. Yeah, in our Canoptic episode. Yes, but unfortunately, it's not really ringing a bell. In my mind, it just sounds like these scarabs that emit the smell of blood. Mm. And I think their only purpose is to attract flayed ones and okay. to, like, distract them. So it, it would be also a weapon against the flayed ones that the Necron would use. You know, if yeah. you're if you're engaging a flayed one army, you want to distract them, so you put a bunch of scarabs to make the flayed ones go all crazy yeah. and like turn on each other maybe even or try and attack <laughs> these scarabs while you can you know shoot them from range yeah um but imotech who is the pharaon of the sotek dynasty really enjoys using this tactic and that makes me think like there must be flayed ones just watching him all the time <laughs> waiting for him to employ these blood swarm scarabs and be drawn to his battles yeah Sounds like risky business. Emotech is a risky guy. 
Okay, so that is all I have for flayed ones, but there is a really cool thing about them, and it's this. In a far corner of the galaxy, there used to exist the Necron dynasty called the Bone Kingdom of Drazek. This region of space and its planets have become a sort of haven for the flayed ones, congregating there until they catch the scent of blood and their need to hunt overtakes them again. There are even whispers of a ruler of these flayed ones, Valgul, the fallen lord. This uninfected Necron, I'm going to say that again, this uninfected yeah. Necron okay. rules his kingdom and sends forth his flayed ones when they're Food, quote unquote, supplies dwindle. So I think there's a lot to unpack in that sentence. Yeah, in, in that's that crazy. So he, um, Valgul, is uninfected. And he hangs out. He has this kingdom. He's got a bunch of them. Yeah, he he runs a kingdom allegedly of these flayed ones, and it sounds like it's a congregating zone. Like if you're like, outcasts need to stick together, right? Mm. Safety in numbers, right? Maybe they're welcomed here. I don't know. Okay, so let's talk about the fact that he's uninfected. How is he uninfected? <laughs> Science! Does he have an immunity? Yeah. Hmm. Does he quarantine himself away from them? Does he force them to, like... Yeah, like, does he live separate from them but still can rule them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has he, is he actually not a Necron? Is he maybe infected? <laughs> not a Necron? Well, what if he's a uh, an AI? Sure. A master right? program. That has found, oh yeah, a master program. Yeah. Or an AI that has found a Necron body and has put itself in that body. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's It just seems crazy to me that there is a Necron with an immunity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know any more information on this. This is literally L all, like that's, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's never been a book written on no. this or nothing. It's just a snippet out of a codex. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Crazy. The Another interesting thing, I think, is this. Um, so they congregate here. Yeah. So why would flayed ones do this? Are they having? Are they needing companionship? Are they seeking solace with those of their own kind? Um, are they having some mimicry of the Necron courts that they all used to be a part of? Sure. Run by this Valgul. Flay. <laughs> Guilty of flaying. <laughs> Guilty of being flayable. <laughs> Must flay. Why, if you don't want to be flayed, why are you covered in fleshy bits? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so the question... I have would be why are these flayed ones feeling the need to go back to this space? I, I just have the the picture of this kingdom, like this whole, you know, continent planet sized kingdom just covered in gore. Just flayed ones are bringing gore back, and there's these feasts every day, and it's just rivers know, of blood, rivers of blood, mountains of bone. Yeah, think like, like pools of sludge, corn, of maybe, demon world. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Crazy. Maybe maybe this guy is some sort of corn thing because that's how he could attract all the. If there was ever a planet that <laughs> exemplified blood for the blood god, yeah. it would probably be this guy's planet. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you know, if you have a place like that, it naturally draws more flares, which naturally just brings in more flesh because they're bringing in. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing to unpack is this uh, food supply. Sure. Now, flares, they seem to be communicated as creatures of the moment. You know, they have a thirst and they have a hunger yeah. that are 
insatiable and impossible to satisfy. Yeah. So they're constantly, constantly needing to eat and drink and eat and drink, even though they'll never be satisfied. <laughs> sure. But this idea that... It's very um, wasteful of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this idea that they have a food supply in Valgul's kingdom makes me think that they must be taking some kind of tithe or food back with them to this place. And they're yeah. not instantly consuming whatever they catch or kill they're actually dragging it back through their pocket dimensions into this person's into valgul's lairs and like i just imagine these pits or massive cages or or even old school like necron uh monuments Hmm. like made of bone or whatever but just filled with these people and and creatures and any xenos race that they can get their hand on and they just pull them out and they just yeah they have these massive feasts every day but at some point you know they gotta refill these (laughs) yeah these food supplies so these necron are going out and instead of killing and eating they're actually taking them back to this hell sure right like if there ever is a hell this (laughs) that that world is gonna be it like volgo might even have like his own slave population on that planet as food supplies like and how literal human cattle and how is he controlling these flayed ones and tampering their um to fight their urges of needing to kill and flay and destroy well maybe that's why when they have to go get new food supplies it's like (laughs) it's like oh okay so we had Ten thousand humans. They were all and Jerry got in the pen again. Jerry got in the pen. They're all dead. <laughs> we need some new ones. Yeah, I think that that's a really cool story. Yeah, that just opens up a lot of questions about everything we knew about flayed ones. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool, man. Flayed ones. They're super creepy. They're one of the craziest, creepiest, scariest things in all forty Ks. They have yeah. the ability to just appear out of the void, out of nothing, mm-hmm. and just just eat your soul and and all they want to do is eat eat i just i have this image of them like ripping pieces of a body shoving it in their mouths and just chewing and chewing turning it into this mulch like this like a sludge of just gore and viscera almost but they can't swallow because they have no how are you gonna swallow if you got no esophagus (laughs) yeah no stomach you know they're robots so it's just like leaking out of their mouths and dripping down their body and as soon as they can (laughs) shove more in their mouth they do and then they chew that until it just oozes out and then they just keep going it's just oh my it's a wretched image (laughs) yeah i also i also like that it's kind of like puts the necron that they have a weakness i like every i like races having like a vulnerability sure yeah this being like this is like a serious problem for them like necrons not only can get this virus and not come back but then they have to kill them which is like the necron now have this dwindling thing where they're like we're running we could eventually run out of Yes. At Necron. some point they like they can't make they're not making more Necron anymore. So at some point, like if enough people fell to the flare virus, your race's chances of survival are none. You know? Hmm. So let's play the end game thing. You know, sixteen million years. Do you think flares will have taken over the entire Necron? No. Because I think you're a Necron supremacist. No, or no, no. What? I think that the the more Necron wake up, hmm. the like I 
I assume that in terms of like a firepower, yeah. um, like a dynasty has greater chances against a pack of flayed ones. Hmm. You know, so the more Necron there are, they can they can distract, they can use their bloodstorm sure. scarabs, they can put <laughs> they can put like human slaves in front of them to distract the Necron. But but the fact that it isn't hasn't gone away shows that they haven't been effective in getting rid of them. Well, they have been like sleeping for sixty million years. That's not an excuse. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that I don't because the, the whole point is they can't catch them and they could come out of anywhere. I think that they're they will always exist. Yeah, but I do think that okay. There's Let me explain no... how math works though. <laughs> is that if you if you if they always P does not ex- equal true. If they always <laughs> exist, then that means they're sw- slowly taking out Necron. And since Necrons are a fixed number, that's not entirely true. What if one flayed one is just existing forever? He just is impossible to catch him. He's not infecting anyone more. I I would assume though that if they exist, they're infecting. Well, more. now you're making assumptions. That's that is my assumption. I'm making the assumption that he's not <laughs> infecting anyone. He's just so surviving. They'll get it down to one. They'll always be played once, but they'll only that one. It's the rule played of one. one. Yeah, it's the rule of one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying though. Like inevitably, if even one Necron gets infected every million years, at some point there will yeah. be no more Necron left. Uh, right. Maybe that's a possibility. That's my hope for the galaxy. No more Necron, only flayed ones. <laughs> only flayed ones. <laughs> well, in the, in fair, the kingdom they... of Val Ghul, the bone kingdom. <laughs> to be fair, that'd probably be easier to deal with for everyone else in the galaxy than than the Necrons. So. Yeah, like, then... as much as they are patient hunters and stalkers, and they can exhibit uh, behavior that would go against what we normally would think. Yeah. It's still, I think, more predictable than fighting a mind that is 60 million years old and has fought wars on a galactic scale yeah. greater than anything you could ever imagine. So I, I do think they would be easier to fight than a regular Necron dynasty. Cool. Uh, I did find some more information about that guy before we move on, about Valgor. Okay. From his throne of splintered bone and tan skin... Valgul rules over his charnel kingdom, his one good eye ever fixed upon retaining what small measure of order he can. Valgul seemingly remains untouched by the... Well, okay, that's all just stuff we know, but... Yeah. It adds some nice flavor yeah, yeah. to him. And I guess he has one eye. Yeah. Sir. How? Why? He's a Necron. Valgul the one-eyed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one of his eyes was, like, infected, hit by so infected. Yeah, out. he rips it out or something. <sighs> Yeah, and now there's just like weird scars where he clawed his own that's face. That's so open. good. I like that. I hope that's the reason. That'd be so good. It's like somehow like a. Fl- I don't know how the virus transfers. But I, it doesn't even. I couldn't even find how it transfers. But let's say it's just like saliva or something from the flayed one, and it got on his eye. So he's like, I have to remove. Yeah, he like this. shears half his face off. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Another cool detail: uh, when they go out for new food, it's called the time of bounty. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then they go... <laughs> it is bountiful. <laughs> yeah. Very cool stuff. So creepy. Yeah. Um, but that's it for Flayed Ones. They are wild. Yeah. They are just super creepy. Um, death Marks, we want to jump into that next? Yeah. So that's actually the last thing that we're going to talk about yeah. today. And this is another asset that... Uh... Oh, they're an asset. <laughs> that the Necron can... Well, they got uh, an asset. Deathmarks are a subsect of warriors on Tomb Worlds that are known for their skills in assassination, particularly with a sniper rifle. Few have survived to tell the tale of a Deathmark ambush. 
Mm, not from my experience on the tabletop. Yeah. <laughs> womp, womp. You just kind of got to go 25 womp, womp, inches away from them womp. and then you're safe yeah. <laughs> from their sniper rifles. It's, it's great to know that <laughs> with the technological supremacy that the Necron have, that pretty much every other race is better than them at yep. this aspect. Mm-hmm. So. I like it. Yeah. Like all, <laughs> like all Necron, they uh, are cased in the Necrodermis and have a hunched over humanoid look. They have one eye centered on their head that glows with baleful energy. Even 60 million years ago, the death marks were known for their patience, precision, and skill needed to carry out such assassination tasks, and they were hired by many Necron courts to eliminate dangerous threats. After the biotransference, they became even more devastating on the battlefield, utilizing a variety of war gear that helped them fulfill their purpose. The main and most useful piece of technology used is the dimensional obelute, obelute, oubliette. oubliette, yeah. This device is able to open up a portal to a pocket dimension within 10 meters of themselves and then use this extra dimensional space to ambush and hide from their targets. The dimensional forget? What? An oubliette is uh, like an old castle term too. Yes, you would like drop it... people into oubliettes where you would forget about them. Yes. I, this just seems like a weird word. Well, it's not a direct translation. Dungeon. I'm just. It just seems like a strange word. Dimensional oubliette. Why would? It, why would that? It's just a pocket space that no one. I'll knows change about. it. Like an, okay, an oubliette sure. is okay. just like a, a space between walls. Okay, so you yeah, know, I like changed it's... it. Dimensional hole. Does that sound? <laughs> well, it's better? not a hole. Dimensional pocket oubliette. We're going back to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That is indeed how you spell it. Yes, oublete. <laughs> <laughs> when fighting, Deathmark resides in pocket dimensions and can, uh, from here, observe the battlefield and even tap into enemy transmissions, only to materialize and strike when they deem the opportunity to <gasps> opportunity to be right. <gasps> they the do perfect, perfect moment. Time to strike. My God. <laughs> 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 What a world! <laughs> or from uh, it's one of my favorite lore hammer memes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's classic. When a target has appeared, they exit their dimension and place a mark in the shape of a green halo over the head of their target, which allows them to track it no matter where it runs. These marks are called hunter marks, and like it, it allows them to track them in five different dimensions. Yeah, whatever um, that even y- means. Yeah, somehow they can do that. Um, and it lasts for an hour. So you've got an hour you got to survive. The, the craziest game of hide-and-go-seek you're ever going to play. Yeah. And um, it's impossible to hide because they can just see your green halo no matter where <laughs> you go. Yeah. <laughs> so the, It's rigged. Okay. The, this dimensional oubliette. We've talked about, we've mentioned pocket dimensions a couple times now. Sure. But let's it's talk a about classic for yes. sure. Yeah, let's talk about how it seems that they work. So you enter this pocket dimension, and no one can find you or see you or hear you. You don't technically exist (laughs) in our plane of reality, and yet you can witness our reality. Mm -hmm. You can tap into transmissions. I don't think you can um, affect anything while you're in this oubliette, but Mm -hmm. you can literally just peer over someone's shoulder while you're in this other dimension yeah so even though you can't like you don't exist to us in our reality we exist to you and it's a crazy like one-way mirror yeah 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 yeah, it it honestly sounds like you step through some mirror in reality and now (laughs) you exist like beyond everyone yeah uh it's kind of cool too the way it's described so while other creatures can pass 
Wow. So whilst other creatures can pass through this portal, the dimension beyond is not designed to support life, and creatures that enter quickly suffocate due to the vacuum conditions within. Any who withstand this will also have to deal with the extreme debilitation uh, to their sensory perceptions. Yeah, like it's just you're in something you can't even fathom. It, really. Yeah, you can't comprehend it. Yeah. Your mind just goes crazy. It it honestly sounds like humans entering the warp. Sure, yeah, yeah. Of like it's so beyond something that you're able to comprehend that you just go insane. Yeah, exactly. If you don't suffocate first. Right, Hopefully yeah. you suffocate before you go insane, but not always the case. I so okay. I've never even considered like writing or fleshing out or um pondering upon this dimensional pockets before and someone in our discord just shared about like oh um i want to give my necron this crazy um look but how can i explain that in a way that makes sense and someone said well why don't you say that um they entered some pocket dimension for a reason but the pocket dimension they, it was like a faulty one ah. and something happened they couldn't get out but while they were in it um it was like the lighting was all wrong the physics were all wrong something was just weird and then they come out and they're yeah. just these weird crazy synth wavy looking necrons <laughs> okay. and i've never even considered the fact that you could include an like an extra dimensional aspect in my necron story sure, and i'm yeah. definitely going to now obviously cool. i think that's so cool yeah um yeah i, I want to ask you more questions about your thing after this sure but still during the episode um, so the next thing, the dimensional oubliette isn't the only technological marvel that the Deathmarks use. The synaptic disintegrator is an advanced Necron sniper rifle. These cruel... Is it I, though? Uh, it's short range. Is it advanced? <laughs> These cruel long-barreled rifles fire compressed elliptic beams of subatomic particles which destroy neural and synaptic tissues. For the layman, uh, it basically erodes your brain. Uh, and it turns your brain to mush. <laughs> yeah. So beginning with the target's brain and spreading in microseconds through the entire body, molecules unbound with one another, causing the luckless target to crumple limply to the ground like a puppet with its strings severed. Yeah. It's crazy. There's no enter. There's no exit marks. There's just like pew, pew, pew. You're dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, those killed by the death marks first shots are the fortunate ones for a hit from a synaptic disintegrator that is less than fatal almost invariably leaves the victim a pale echo of his former self due to the amount of brain tissue that is destroyed yeah, yeah. if they, if they don't get you on the first time now you're just you're a vegetable yeah sad <laughs> oh Interestingly enough, even the Necron race recognize the efficiency and deadliness of the death marks and have traditions that dictate a strict terms of use for the death marks. One such rule is that death marks may never be used to eliminate Necron nobility. This even extends so far that any honorable, quote unquote, um, enemy will also be spared. But having said that, Necron really deem anything honorable enough that, you know, they're not Other gonna, than a Necron. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There, there have been like the odd, like, imperial commander whatever there's always the exception but it's such a, it would be one in a million yeah yeah one in a trillion one in a one in a million <laughs> this Beautiful. is smooth jazz by lorehammer qty thank you james uh okay so synaptic 
disintegrators. So we talked about how they're governed, right? And how there's these strict terms that they yeah. must follow. Now, you have to assume that the people upholding these terms are the Praetorians. Yeah. Because who else is going to do it? They're the ones policing the Necron race. Um, interestingly enough, I don't think their synaptic disintegrators <laughs> would really do anything against Necron bodies now. Yes, yeah. Because it seems to target, like... They're the biological neural maybe necron brains do actually have neural pathways mm-hmm. and very similar to how our brains are structured. Look, all I know is that compressed liptic beams of subatomic leptonic. Part, leptonic. Maybe I don't know anything. <laughs> well that completely changes what I thought. <laughs> oh, I knew about liptic, but yeah. I don't know about leptonic. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, they probably wouldn't work on Necron, but that rule still exists. And it goes back to when we were talking about codes and stuff. Ultimately, Necron don't want to eliminate other Necron, especially nobility. Yes, yeah. It's, I love this idea that yeah. they're kind of frozen in time, but now more than ever it's important that they preserve what they have left because yeah. as soon as it's gone, you're gone forever. We cannot make more. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird race that the Necron have. They're in a race to claim back the galaxy while taking as little losses as possible so they can be all there still but when they own the galaxy. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's a solid representation of the codes. It's one of the few that we actually know of. Yeah. But you can gleam a lot from it, so. Yeah. It really kind of uh, puts like a, a framework of a shadow around how you think they might uh, act in their warfare. Yeah. No doomsday devices against other Necron. Yeah, you're not blowing up Necron tomb worlds for sure. Absolutely, that, that would be a huge no-no. Like yeah. probably no like seditious infections against the master program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. No sabotaging tomb worlds and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely also could see it that um, you you could act more as if you were doing these things. And it's okay as long as you aren't caught. <laughs> okay. Because I maybe not every Necron has that sense of honor and nobility. Mm. So there might be some that are out there that are willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. And it's more of a, I'll follow the codes when they're looking. Yeah, yeah, And when yeah. they aren't looking, I'm going to do everything I can to, like, wreck this Necron. Um, what's that called? When you are fighting someone Rival? else. Rival. Mm. Yeah, words, right? Mm. But yeah, tonic. I, I, yep. <laughs> I definitely is not a word. So. I definitely can see them breaking codes. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Like, yeah. is there a death mark out there that actually is willing to like risk the wrath of the Praetorians yeah. and actually hunt down yeah. Necron nobility? It's crazy. They've sent Praetorians to censor them, but I guess they never found the death mark. Like, yeah, he's just a sneaky boy. Well, that's what happens when you can go into dimensional mm-hmm. oubliettes mm-hmm. and you're. <gasps> forgotten <laughs> I don't like it <laughs> cool uh, that's death marks they're cool they're all cool I liked everything we talked about <laughs> yeah of course I mean, you uh, did yeah that checks out actually <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my favorite it destroyers I think that's my favorite aspect of uh, Necron lore one of my favorite for sure they I really like Praetorians. Oh, I forgot about Praetorians. I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I like the flayed ones just for the depth it gives 
Sure. Yeah, it's a surprising Necron. amount of information and understanding that you can get on these things. For it sure. just it gives the Necrons. I don't know. I like. I've I've said it before lots of times, but I like the idea that things have an, a downside or like a yeah. negative or something they're worried about. Exactly. They're not yes. just like a fear. Yeah, they're not just like wrote like. Yeah. It's not an inevitability that the Necrons will win. It seems like it is, but they have things they're concerned about yeah. too. So. They might even tell you that it is inevitability, and they might try and believe that it is but i think you could have an understanding like it is as long as we get rid of the flayed ones you know it's a conditional yeah, yeah. thing exactly yeah. it's nothing should be inevitable in in a story mm-hmm. when you add something like that it just makes it so much better well humanity's divinity and right to rule the galaxy okay. is an inevitability of course emperor emperor protect us emperor <laughs> protect praise be his name but... right yes first of his name yeah yes <laughs> and then nominee uh gilliman and in, in the nomin of the holy spirit uh, of the text. just just for everyone <laughs> who can't see right now we're we all are making the aquila cross all of james us. all mark, of us very fervently mark making it. yeah mark uh, <laughs> all right there we go i almost called the inquisition right there <laughs> okay so i got some questions about your dynasty um yeah shoot Praetorians, mm-hmm. you have them in your dynasty, but they're not yeah. a part of your dynasty. Are you going to paint them like a part of your dynasty, or do you? Are you? Is there a Praetorian standard color scheme? So I like the idea that the uh, Praetorians are kind of outside the flow of the dynasty. Yeah, and um, I am fairly certain that I'll paint them because they're not painted right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm fairly certain I'll paint them to reflect the traditional Necron look, which is just that silver and the green. Nice. Um, but I wonder if I want to give them, like, a token to show that... Because, you know, a host would be sent to a tomb world and a yeah. dynasty to help, like, watch them and offer advice if yeah. needed and enforce the codes and everything. So... I wonder if it wouldn't be too crazy to maybe paint like a pauldron in my color. Yeah. Um, yeah. The definitely yeah, um, thing that I would never change is the onk. Oh, okay. That was the thing I think you should have changed. But I don't know the Necron lore. I forget how that onk actually works. The onk is, is just the symbol of the triarch. Yeah. And so. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't change that. Then. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in your own dynasty, you can you do the onk in your own colors. Okay. But the Praetorians, they kind of view themselves as loyal to the triarch and the yeah. silent king. So I, it's the one of the few things that I wouldn't yeah. change. I think, I think just with a shoulder powder too or you know yeah you just put like one red thing on like a left pauldron or yeah. whatever so okay yeah. first question or maybe solved. even uh change the energy of their weapons as if they were now using my mm. dynasty you know like instead of the green you're yeah using the orange or the blue, the blue I mean. yeah, yeah because um i i could see it like they're in the dynasty and they're working with the dynasty but they're outside the authority of the dynasty yeah. so they still like are engaging the cryptex and getting sure. whatever repairs they needed if they need resources they're getting it from the dynasty yeah so. yeah okay okay yeah okay cool i like it okay mm-hmm. um f- destroyers do yes. you have like a destroyer cult and a a court, I mean, on your like tomb world. So I've never actually nailed that out. Mm-hmm. I do have destroyers because yeah. in eighth they were amazing. Sure, and they had it was it, if I wanted to win, I had to play destroyers. <laughs> was effectively what it was. Yeah. So I have a lot of them, um, but I never have considered writing about a destroyer court. Okay. So I am definitely open to having a destroyer. 
record. Yeah. 100%. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Okay, fine. I will probably flesh that out. Yeah. Definitely. It could be so cool because, yeah, you don't really see a lot of that destroyer court thing, so you have a lot of free leeway. I like that whole madness thing where they're just doing these crazy, like, yeah. Yeah, I picture my... Um, like so, they're lords. There yeah. are lords in the Destroyer Court, and what kind of lord wants to be petitioned by anything? Like you want to be respected as a lord, and yeah. you're not respected if an immortal comes and gives you like a summons or whatever. Sure. So I imagine that I have this insane courthouse ruled by these destroyers that are insane, yeah. and my pharaoh just like walking through it, like trying to petition, not petition, or just like demand an audience with that lord. Yeah, yeah. It'd be some cool interactions For of sure. all these like destroyers on like a tight leash and he's yeah. just going and like to the, unleash them your overlord has like praetorian bodyguards who are like you can tell they're ready to like yeah yeah this and could the, go south here let's exactly. get ready yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. tensions high oh that'd be a cool story okay high okay. stakes scenario yeah uh and final question for you death marks so you have death marks yeah will you paint them in your dynasty color scheme or will you do them differently I, th- I think i will paint them in the dynasty color um Maybe except for the Ankh again, but I'm not entirely certain. Yeah. So Deathmarks kind of form these mercenary-esque groups. Yeah, we never really touched on I, that yeah, a I whole thought lot. We... I, I had one line where it was like, Deathmarks are a subsect of warriors on a tomb world. But I tell yeah. me more. So yeah, they, they form these mercenary-like groups together that are more bought and paid for mm-hmm. than having any kind of loyalty. You You purchase them for a mission. Sure. And then as soon as their mission is done, they collect whatever fee you had agreed on and then yeah. they leave. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like cryptex in that sense where mm. cryptex can go from loyalty to dynasty and, you know, yeah. they're not necessarily like stuck wherever they are. Yeah. Um, but like your dynasty might have some death marks on retainer for the next exactly. four million years. Yes, yes. Yeah. It could just be like uh, we have this many missions that we want to get out of you or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. you will like, yeah, hold you on retainer with the promise of this much loot or yeah. whatever it is that you want. Okay. So I think I will do them in my dynasty. Sure. I think it, I would make it like my lord is extremely prideful. Mm. Um, and I, so I. As part of the condition of him hiring these death marks, I think he would declare that, like, while you're while you're working for my dynasty, you will be a part of my dynasty. Yeah, yeah. You're so. wearing my colors. My exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're you're announcing my arrival. Yeah. When okay. you kill something. Okay. You know. Cool. So I I think I'll paint them in my color scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. That was my questions for you. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, something I would like to talk about that we haven't talked about in a long time because yeah. there's been no need <laughs> is uh, hobby progress. Yeah, there's been no need for sure. Yeah, I don't think I had hobbied for six months. It must be eight <laughs> months even. It's been a long time. <laughs> but you're getting back into it. I am, yeah. I'm actually starting to paint some models, put some paint on one or two or three models. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what? That's way more than I've done recently, and I'm proud of it. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I've uh, I've started committing to doing one hour of hobbying a day in the weekdays. Nice. I got to commit nice. to that too. Nice. Yeah. Once yeah. my once my kill team arrives, I'll be a happy little boy. But... Yeah. So me, I'm just working on uh, Necron stuff. Yeah, and you've recently like changed your whole dynasty's color scheme too. Yay! So that's fun. Do you only have what then like 300 more uh, Necron to paint? Then Re- sorry, repaint. Yeah, they've already been painted once, so repaint. The, I know it doesn't look like it, and I don't communicate it, but I actually do have 
like 1500 points of painted necron oh yeah 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 you have probably like 50 warriors that are painted like yes yeah like, never mind like all the immortals yeah. and like some vehicles yes, but so now you have i to have repaint right exactly them all. i'm gonna have to redo those unfortunately mm-hmm. um but that, you're I'm just, just getting the most out of your hobby dollars <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah as soon as you paint something don't you just repaint it yeah. so you can have more time exactly is that not how you do <laughs> the dollar to time ratio can be amazing then <laughs> Uh, but I also recently got uh, Pariah Nexus, which James and I split. You took the Space Marine Heavy indeed. Intercessors and the oh, Captain yes. and Gravis. Yes. And I took the Chronomancer and the Flayed Ones, as well as the Necron board and the Scatter Terrain. Nice. Um, oh, I loved all that Scatter Terrain, man. It was so cool. Honestly, I was very impressed when I saw that Scatter Terrain. It's a lot of stuff. You can really make like a nice Necron board, especially combined with all that MDF yeah necron stuff that i have yeah you can really fill it out i've pulled up some images here of the scatter terrain it's yeah. gonna be pretty tiny but okay <laughs> uh so i have been working on that and i guess um mark you can share what you're excited and is upcoming um yeah like i i like you i haven't done much hobbying and half a year as well but um yeah like we kind of came to this point i think where we're all like wow ninth edition you want to play a four-hour game with me no you can only tolerate for me two hours a week okay (laughs) so we're kind of shifting to kill team and a lot of the guys in our group are making kill team so i'm making a dwarf kill team a demir kill team and you have nailed down what rules you're gonna play with yeah i think i even got my list so i'm gonna be using death guard rules because like dwarves are like stout and reliable resilient resilient and slow is another kind of and heavy armor. Heavily well. armored, big, chunky weapons. Yeah, you know. yeah. So, uh, Mantic Games is like another company or whatever. They make the Forge Father range, which is basically space doors. I could pull up an image, I guess. Yeah. But the there is a um, inspiration that you have taken for your kill team. Why don't you tell us a, a little bit about where the idea of these yeah, comes like, from? I've become an addict to Deep Rock Galactic. I think it's my all-time favorite game. Yeah. It, it's definitely the top two. It's and, either and that or Skyrim. It's how hard can to you decide. Ex- how can you explain this game in like one or two sentences? You're a dwarf, you're mining asteroids, and you're fighting bug-like tyranids. Um, but uh, yeah, it's super cool. So my my kill team, it's going to have... Um, it's basically the Demir Corporation or just mining asteroids. So they sent out like surveillance teams or whatever to go do it. And I'm going to write backstories. For so my you're characters. not, you're not like a kill team. You're yeah. an employed <laughs> yeah. team trying to mine resources. Yeah. Basically as much as I can steal from deep rock lore, I am. Yeah. I mean, so... I love the deep rock lore. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's like really nicely laid into the game itself. And it's <laughs> super flavorful. Um, next time we play, I'll have to show you a secret. Uh, in the uh, spaceport or whatever. This is cool. All right. I did do some exploring on my own, so mm-hmm. it's possible I found it, but I'm definitely... Think All right. Did. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so you're so, so you're waiting for your dwarves to come. Yeah, yeah. So I've ha- I have them on order, so I'm just waiting. And uh, yeah, it's, these are some of the models here. Like They're going to be pretty sweet to uh, paint up. Yeah. If you want to actually nice, Google nice. them, it's Forge Father by yeah. Mantic Games. Yeah. But yeah, they're very nice. Yeah. I'm excited to see your kill team. Yeah. I'm not excited to play against Death Guard. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. But uh... um, yeah, so I'm gonna buy them, and then I'm gonna buy like a box of like uh, Carcaradon Overlords or 
whatever the AOS Dwarven line of Dwarves is. Oh, okay. Just so I can get some extra, like, talismans and a couple more, like, truly dwarvy type things. Right. Yeah, because these look very spacey, yeah, but you want you want your guys to have a little more of that classic dwarfy minor. I want you to be able to see the beard poking out of their right. helmet. You know, yeah. take You want to see the rune talismans yeah. on their shoulders. Yeah, exactly. Maybe one of them will be carrying a keg. <laughs> yeah exactly have it have it strapped on his backpack <laughs> yeah. or something yeah i want them to be super flavorful as every kill team should be so. uh, yeah i agree but um so james that, that's what i'm up to what has been your hobby progress in the past i mean we're talking about what we've done for the past six months sure. so i well i can i've been doing a lot of things so since i was kind of okay doing nights but it seemed like every, like pretty much all, everyone else kind of faded off from doing nights which is fair I wasn't, the rule sets are meh, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, so I, when everyone stopped playing, I, I basically just built a, I started getting in a little two bolt action and I oh, built out, which is a world war two mini gaming. Yeah. I, I painted up like 50 Germans and Americans together. So quite a lot. And then nice dwarf Mark. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then I built a, like a D day table. It, from scratch it's a normandy beach thing and it looks yeah. awesome it, it came out super good it's yeah. not quite done yet but it's it's quite and, quite and a nice what did table. you say you, you said you painted like 50 german and 50, oh, 50 us guys or something uh, together or? it probably comes out to about like 50 or 60 models <laughs> yeah that's a lot yeah and i've been working on those uh the kill t- a kill team as well since that's what we're getting into yeah yeah i've been busy doing lots of stuff but I have lots of time. I work from home and then I, <laughs> and then no one is allowed to to do stuff. So I just sit at home and model a lot. So. Yeah. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about your kill team? Yeah. I like, I, I kind of wanted to make it. So my chapter, I, I have my own custom chapter and I, I wanted to make my kill team. The idea would be that they go around finding relics and, and or saving relics from being taken or something like that. The idea being like, they're they're saving stuff that is important to like the imperium hmm. so, specific objects because otherwise it's like what is a kill what's the if my chapter would send a bigger force if it was like a battle yeah so what would you send like five guys to to do you'd send them to like rescue something yeah i think that really fits with your chapter um i don't know if you've shared this but your chapter has kind of lost all memory yeah the the idea is that they like they got mind wiped by the gray knights because they engaged with some demon stuff and they didn't obviously didn't have permission to know about the gray knights. So minor detail. So they, uh, they got all their mind wipes, like all of the chapter got their minds wiped. So they don't really have a backstory of who they are or what chapter they came from. So they're just kind of, I kind of like that. Cause it, when you're hunting for these relics and maybe I'm reading it wrong, but it almost feels like they're trying to, hunt down these relics of their chapter and trying to learn maybe some of the history sure, of or, what they had been previously. Well, like the, a lot of the thing is like a lot of them got picked up by other chapters and spent times with other chapters. So they have kind of like this confused identity with, with their chapter. So like maybe they, they want to claim relics from other chapters, histories like, Oh, maybe that was our, maybe we're part space wolf and we want some of the, Okay, so it's more like they're you're searching for it, but you're willing to look anywhere. Yeah, because like I have one guy that is basically he, he's basically a space wolf, but he's, he's stormborn. Not, yeah, he is not a 
he's not a space wolf. He, <laughs> like all of the chapter is blood angels in origin, yeah. but they don't know that. He he spent all his time with with a whole bunch of space wolves. So yeah, that's the that's the idea is that maybe they want to just save relics and accumulate a backstory, create a, a lore of their own kind of thing or a, yeah. a history. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I'm I'm super excited. We played a game of Kill Team the other day. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was Even the three-way. It the, was really cool. And, and it felt balanced, too. Like, I've done s- some three-ways where it's just like, wh- okay, first player's out in turn one. I mean, that's He's, classic 40K. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're going last in a game of 40K on a three-way, yeah. you can get shot off the board in yeah. first but turn. But with Kill Team, it's like, okay, you, only two guys would have shot before me with one guy each you know it's yeah. not the end of the world you still get a play you still get to have yeah. a lot of fun and so. the chances of you making that wound roll failing the save and then having the injury yeah. roll you can you're probably gonna have some guys yeah. yeah and and i wasn't doing great in in that game but i still well, that's was classic like, james rolling yeah it was cla- <laughs> it, it was a lot of classic james rolling. <laughs> there was okay before you tell the story there was one time where I rolled two dice and they were both ones, and then Mark had to roll next and he rolled <laughs> ones, and then James rolled and he rolled it's ones, like all in a row. Ro- ones yes. in a row. <laughs> it was pretty crazy, but but I was I was only two kills. If I had killed two of your guys, like those last two guys you had, mm. if they would have both died, I would have won. Yes, yeah. because Mark it, was like, broken so and was I would have broken. Yeah, one. Uh, I was a couple kills away, and you rolled happened to roll what three. I rolled three sixes. On your injury <laughs> on, rolls, on which injury means rolls. my reanimation protocols kick in and I just lose all my flesh wounds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I happened, like that was the worst case scenario yeah. for that possibly happening. <laughs> three sixes in a row and and you... Uh, in all fairness, though, your heavy intercessor, you took one heavy intercessor with you and we, Mark and I must have poured so many I, shots I shot into that every guy. turn i didn't shoot anything else the whole game yeah. except all my shots onto one guy and remind me did he die he I'm, did not die for my own oh! sanity i'm gonna say yes he did i die. got him he turn one how many flesh johannes <laughs> yeah it was yeah. fun i'm looking forward to doing more i really am looking um, forward to i'm really excited to start playing multi-level games yeah. with like uh you're trying to like maybe go up to get something or you yeah. have to like travel your way down yeah um and just to tie back in what is happening in our community so they're making this uh it's called necromunity which we talked about before and if it's not clear they're taking the idea of what if necromunda you take all the things that they did and we skinned it and we changed it to our planet and you know all the information that they give you in necromunda we're going to give you for our own planet and i'm excited to actually play games on this planet and in these hive worlds that our discord community is effectively creating yeah that it's going to be and to run a campaign on this thing yeah and like yeah, that's the goal. You know, you have lofty goals. Ideally, you want to draw a map out. The whole community is doing it. You know, you have some overarching storyline. It's going to be perfect. Uh, I find that the best way to get things done is to let other people do them. Yeah, yeah. Delegation you know? is now what me and you are. That's right. Very that's proficient right. with. But yeah, I'm really excited to play in this like established hive world. I'm I'm excited to try and find a reason why there's Necron and Space Marine and Demiurg and... Well, it makes sense why I'd uh, be What's there. Nathan going to play? Is he going to play Chaos or is he going to play Custodes? I have no idea what he's playing. Yeah, anyways, whatever it is, I'm really excited to get back and, and kind of have a gaming group again where we play consist- consistent games because it's been a long time. But Yeah, yeah I, I've i been missing just throwing dice. So It, fe- it felt good. 
It felt good. Felt good oh. to shoot that uh, death mark off the table, turn one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sniper killed your sniper in one shot. Literally, they are incomparable. Your sniper beats mine in every single yes, way. My sniper is much better. Which is crazy. Because... Camo cloaks and you're you're so much for your oubliette. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I f- I forgot it existed. Womp <laughs> womp. Um, anything else we want to share before we wrap things up? Um, we are doing Kill Team. We are located in Calgary. If you are interested in playing with us, shoot us a message. Maybe we can make it happen here. I know with COVID and stuff, it's tough to do. Yeah, but we're at get, the very least, get into some communication with us. Yeah, Because yeah. COVID won't be forever, and we yeah. are trying to start stuff up. And even if we're just talking, and maybe, you know, just one or two people hang out at a time. But anyways, if you're in Calgary, shoot us a message. We're looking to grow our gaming group, so. Yeah. Anything else? Well, before we actually end then, I am going to thank all of the new patrons to our show. I'm going to run through the list here. It's long, so bear with me. Thank you to Baron. Thank you to Thank Me Bitch. Uh, Dylan. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Dylan. Eli. AKXLVII. That Rye Guy. Philbo. Uriel Ventress. Robbie, Falling Noble, Troy, Mike, Miles, Meet My Lord and Savior Ruben, mm-hmm. Matthias, Nicholas, Felix, Clamshell, Finn, Matt, Nick, Chris, Sid, Cole, Meat Doesn't Matter, Bolt, Morthos, Utrot, Eric, Duncan, Eric, Brendan, Barnabas Rex 2000, Alexander, Gel, jelly, hele, <laughs> yeah, it's like jalapeno. Yeah, it's heli, heli. Uh, Kenyon, Harrison, Nathan, Meat, McClung, Kyle, Doug, Ataraxia, Meat again, Miko, Omegon's third testy, Trayton, Medicated Nixon, Dylan, Ostrich, the the dustpan, Christian, Officer Weeb, Cody King, I can't read either. Joseph and Caden Yee. Wow, awesome. I think that's Oosterreich, but... <laughs> what is? <laughs> oh. Wow, honestly, thank you all for uh, joining our Patreon and supporting the show. Um, it means a lot to us. It's... It really does. Thank you guys for the encouragement, and obviously, you know, it, it feels really good when people... Yeah, when you put see their dollar signs in yeah. your bank account, it feels really encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel so encouraged. No, but seriously, thank you all for supporting the show. It means a lot. Yeah, um, we hope to see all of our new patrons in our next uh, painting contest Ooh, that we're yes. running on our Every Discord. Every one of you better be there. Otherwise, yeah. I will find you. Yeah, We'll message each and say, hey, we would like to see your submission for this month's <laughs> contest. Um, yeah, other than that, I guess thanks for joining us, for everyone listening. Thank you to our patrons. If you're watching us, thank you. And We love you more than the others. It's true. Slightly more, yeah. Yep. But we do love you. Yep. <laughs> uh, and other than that, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys. Peace. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. 
by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.